everyone, it's another episode of Glitch Free Gaming. It's episode number 193. Hooray! Hooray. No, it isn't. What do you mean, no, it isn't? <laughs> Are you just deciding that, no, you're vetoing the number 193? This is a special Yes, point. we're on number six. <laughs> you're on number we're six. We're on number six. I've decided. <laughs> this is nice. It's like how we do special ones for Game of the Year and uh, E3 and stuff that aren't numbered. So this is the St. Andrew's Day podcast. <laughs> you know, the biggest gaming event of the year. St. Andrew's Day. A bank holiday in parts of Scotland. Yes. Um, for anyone just tuning in, uh, we are actually a podcast about video games and board games. Uh, and, uh, you wouldn't think you get most weeks. <laughs> no, no, most weeks you wouldn't. Um, but uh, anyway, welcome. I'm uh, Mike, and uh, with me, as always, is Kieran. Hello. And Paul. Hello. Excellent. I was just thinking the other day when we were preparing, um, you know, because we write down lists of what we've been playing and things, and I thought, shit, we haven't done one of those episodes where we stop and tell people that may have just stumbled across us what we do you know and you can just imagine people talking to their friends and passing a bootleg copy of an episode and going listen to these guys they're fucking idiots but they're great I've definitely like mentioned to people that I work with and stuff and be like alright I've got a podcast you should listen to it and then tell them what it is and never necessarily tell them what the podcast's about so I just imagine them downloading one of the episodes where we don't say this is about games and they're just like the fuck is this (laughs) Yes, so I think uh, maybe we should try and work it, get back into working it in every week. But <laughs> anyway, or, let's either that or we should just rename the podcast Three Scottish Idiots Talking Crap." <laughs> it's a bit long, but I think we can workshop that. Yeah, yeah, we'll put put it on the list. Um, so we have a. Uh, quite a lot to go through you've got some lots of video games uh, lots of new stuff and some board games as well so let's dive into it uh, kieran why don't you tell us about a uh, one of your many switch games that you've been playing <laughs> anyone in particular uh, well um how are you getting on with resident evil revelations 2 and right. why didn't you play resident evil revelations um I, I'm going to buy that one as well. <laughs> um, I picked up Rev- Resident Evil Revelations 2 on the Switch when it came out, mainly because I have it on PS4, but I figured I'd probably play more of it portably. And right, okay. That's yeah. been true so far. Uh, I'm like almost caught up to where I was in the PS4, so that's basically I'm almost finished the first episode. Like, um, the way that game's structured, for people who don't know, it's like... Well, stuff's just falling off my desk. Great. Um, sorry about that. Um, <laughs> there's each episode's like split, or I don't know about each episode, but of the two episodes I've played on PS4, um, each episode's split into like two sections. So yes. there's one where you play as Claire Redfield. Yes. I can't remember the characters. Yep. Some Resident oh, Evil I... lady and Moira, who's the important character because she's great and she has a crowbar. Um, <laughs> Or you play as Barry for the second half, and Barry's like, yo, I'm going to go through this level that you just, you know, Resident evil your way through, and I'm going to shoot my way through it. And it's like, that's 
okay, fine. <laughs> yeah. Fine. Um, he's like mopping up all the zombies, basically. And yeah, I basically caught up to where I was in the PS4. So the the Switch port of that game is really good. It's uh, locked at 30 frames a second instead of having the unlocked frame rate on the PS4. But right. the frame rate on the PS4 wasn't super steady. Like, it was almost above 30, but it jumped around a bunch and it was kind of noticeable. So it's actually a bit smoother on the Switch. Um, and there's been, like, some yeah, graphical downgrades. makes sense. Yeah, there's been, like, some graphical downgrades here and there, but they're really minor. Like, for the most part, it just looks like the PS4 game. So right. they've done a really good job, at least for the first chapter. Like, I don't know what's changed later on, but also I haven't played past the second chapter on PS4, so I won't be able to compare after that. Um, but yeah, it's, it's a really good port, and it runs really well in portable mode as well, so that's where I've been playing most of it. And it just works right. and runs really nice. So. Cool. I'm enjoying it. That's a good game. And I, I'm going to pick up the first one. It's just It was just because I'd already played through part of two. I was like, alright, let's just you know, knuckle down and get through all that. Um, they're doing a thing at the moment which is weird because in America and like most of the world, the cost of Resident Evil Revelations 2 and Revelations on the eShop is the same price. So like in the US it's like $20 each. Uh-huh. But in the UK for some reason Resident Evil Revelations 2 is $20, £20 and or it's like 22 or something like that. And Revelations 1 is 15.99. But okay. you get 25% off one of them if you buy the other. Or I don't know if it's necessarily... At the very least, if you buy two, you get 25% off one. I don't know if it goes both ways. I assume it does. Right. So I bought Revelations 2, and now on the eShop, if I look at Revelations, it's 11.99 instead of 15.99. Oh, okay. So I'll probably pick up. I guess it's just their way to encourage you to buy both. Um, uh, I th- yeah. I think there's also a physical release of the first one, but not of the second one on Switch, if I remember right, which is weird. Uh, I... Mm... I did see one of them in the, uh, in the shops yesterday, but for the life of me, I can't remember which one now, so that doesn't yeah. really help. Yeah. Um, but yeah, either way, like those are good. Well, I mean, I've not played the first one, but the second one is a very good Resident Evil game, and I've heard good things about the first one. So mm-hmm. I... Oh, no, I lie. There's a Resident Evil Revelations collection on the for physical release on Switch. Ah, right, okay. Ah, okay. Oh, what I was thinking is... is the description of this explains. I was I was kind of right. So there's Resident Evil Revelations Collection, which is a physical release you can get, but the cartridge only has Resident Evil Revelations on it. And it has a downloadable uh, voucher for Resident Evil Revelations 2. Which is kind of right. a bummer, because that game is fucking 23 gigs. Which is like, it is the biggest Switch game I own. Wow. I've, I've bought a lot of stuff digitally on the Switch. Mm-hmm. And like looking at my list of games here... Resident Evil Revelations 2 is 23.6 gigabytes. The next highest thing is Fire Emblem Warriors, which is 15.8. And that's with, like, the extra Japanese DLC download and stuff like that. Uh, right. Sonic Forces is 6.8. Mario is 5.3. Like, everything underneath that is under 10 gigs. So, and I've bought, like, most of the stuff on the Switch. So, <laughs> it's just weird. It's, it's one of those things, I guess, just because it's a port from, you know, the bigger systems that they probably didn't 
it's not as optimized as it would be if it was made from the ground up for it. Right. But you know, these things these things happen. Um buy an S D card for your switch is the takeaway. Uh yes, definitely. Yeah. But yeah, if you want to play Resident Evil Revelations two, that's a good version of it. I've heard good things about the port of one but haven't played it myself yet. So I will do that. Fair enough. I I have Resident Evil Revelations. I have the original version of it on the 3DS. Do you have the I original, play... original one that has the typo on the spine of the box? Uh, do I? Because the first run of that game uh, yes, they, had Resident they... Evil Revelations on it. <laughs> which is great. Revelations, nice. Uh, I don't know. I'd actually need to double check and, and see what version I have. <laughs> Um, but yes, uh, I have that version, and then I have uh, two on Xbox One. But I, I am tempted to get them on the Switch, but there's so much stuff coming out as well. Yeah, it wasn't necessarily the smartest thing in the world for me to buy on Switch. <laughs> there's so many other things I could have played. I mean, I. In terms of like horror shooters, I should really be finishing the Evil Within so that I can buy the Evil Within two and play it before Game of the Year, because yeah. I've heard really good things about the Evil Within two, but I don't want to play it until I finish the first one. So <laughs> I probably won't have played it by Game of the Year. I don't think yeah, you I, guys will have either. I know, probably not. Which is a bummer because by all accounts that game's pretty good. <laughs> Uh, yes, I believe so. Yeah. Oh well. Um, uh, Mike, you yes, you picked up a game that I'm really interested in and have actually picked up a copy of, but it's not arrived yet. Uh, which yes. is Hidden Agenda. Yeah. So this is for anyone that's not too sure what it is. It's the latest game from, and the name now escapes me. The guys that made. Um, and the name, but that escapes me as well. <laughs> Until Dawn. <laughs> Until Dawn, yes. Uh, I forget the name. I always want to call them Supermassive, but Supermassive were the guys that made... No, it is Supermassive is Games. It... Yes. Uh, is it... Who are the guys that made, um, like, Pyre and... Oh, super... those are super giant games. Yes, yeah. Uh, see, I always get those two confused because it's the <laughs> same goddamn name. Ah... Uh... Yeah, it, but uh, yeah, uh, this is the new one from Supermassive Games, and it is in the style of Until Dawn, except it uses Sony's new PlayLink system. So this is a interactive movie that you can play. Um, the it's like a cop drama, like a mystery thing, mm-hmm. and. Uh, they, it's all centred around a, a serial killer called the Trapper Killer. And uh, the Trapper Killer has been captured um, and he's in prison. He's about to fry and then the story starts. It seems like a, it's a, a, an odd place to start a story. Um, it makes sense when you've played it. Yeah, I'm sure it does. Yeah. Um, it, uh... So... Not to add spoilers, but is it a um, is it a law-abiding citizen scenario? No. Okay. Um, 
Is he a Wendigo? Uh, <laughs> no, no. But thankfully, he's not a Wendigo. <laughs> so, but uh, the the way that the the, the the movie is watched. I think it's the best way to, to kind of put it across is, you know, um, the story plays itself out and at certain points, uh, the focus will be on certain characters and you will be able to choose their responses in certain ways. You can choose, you know, whether their, uh, their response is going to be angry or whether it's going to be calculated, um, depending on the situations. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you the way that it's played is on your phone so uh you don't use the the controller at all you use your phone download the app like you did with that's you yeah um there's a special app for it all the jackbox games yeah uh download the special app and um when you touch your phone the screen of your phone there's a a little color dot um you decide on the color before the game starts and that's your marker and you slide it into there's little boxes that represent which choice you want so do you want the calculating uh, option or do you want the the angry option uh and you put your little marker there you can play the game with your friends so you're all sitting there and uh you can you all put your marker which way you want the story to go or what response you want, and the majority wins. And it, it plays out that way. Um, there's certain choices that uh, the game tells you you have to do as a, um, a, uh, not a majority, unanimously. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you could put your, your marker in one box and everyone else goes in the other one. You go, all right, hang on. I think if we put the box in here... If we, this is the choice we make, I think the, you know, the killer is going to show up at this point and he's going to go after that person. Um, and you can discuss what you think is going to happen. And it, it can get to a point where you're trying to influence the story because you want to see it from a certain point of view. Um, it has the until dawn ripple effect in it as well. Okay. So, um, you know, that there are, uh, certain ripples throughout the game and um, on your phone you have access to a, a glossary so it gives you a list of all the characters and it gives you little bits of information every time you reveal something that gets added to your little encyclopedia of all the characters um, there is a, a little catalogue of all the, the set set ripple events mm-hmm. um, and then you know, so you can see where they are as well, and it tells you what choice you've made. And then, obviously, you could do a second playthrough and or a third playthrough yeah. and go back and see things. Let's go see. Can you um, like jump back specifically to that, or is it just uh, you can replay um, the whole thing? I think you can replay the whole thing. Okay. I don't think you can jump back, and I'll, I'll tell you why in a minute. But uh, we so we played a version of the game, so the game can be played, you know, like I'm describing, cooperatively, where you all sit and you just watch this this game and you interact with it as well um sorry as well one of the things that you can do is um there's quick time events okay yeah so um there's one section where you're playing a character and they're running chasing another character and they're you know they're dodging um in an alleyway so they dodge a garbage can and what you need to do is there's a block on the screen and you're all swiping to the left 
And the first person to get there, um, they get a little bonus. They get some points. Okay. Um, yeah, uh, and the person with the most points at the end of the game wins. Um, and this is in a certain mode that we played called the, it's the cooperative, <clears throat> excuse me, it's the, co- uh, not the cooperative, the competitive mode. And it has to deal with, surprise, surprise, hidden agendas. So what happens here is that the, the story moves along and it's carrying on. And then all of a sudden it will say, we are now going to give somebody a hidden agenda. And it looks like they're dealing out cards on the screen. And you get a card on your phone and you, you reveal it. You tap it and you reveal it. And it may say... Uh, you don't have the hidden agenda, but somebody in the room has, and you need to figure out who's got it. If you've got the hidden agenda, it may say something like, um, get the policeman to become angry. As simple as that. Or there are other ones, but I don't know, I can't tell you, <laughs> because it, 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 it will give away things. But yeah, but uh, one of them was... Um, let the police officer become angry. And what's happening at this point is a scene between her and her partner and they're arguing. And every time the choice comes up on the screen and it's, you know, is it controlled or is she emotional? Um, is she logical or is she fuming? And it does, it, it changes like this. And what, so the choices are coming up and what you're all doing is you're talking, you're going, yeah, Nah, that's bullshit. No. And, you know, and you're maybe trying to subtly get everyone else to sort to side with you. But uh, there is a cool mechanic as well is everyone's got, um, I think they're called control cards. And what these are is, let's say we're playing the game and Kieran, I want to go, I want to make the, the choice of being angry, but you don't want me to. And you say you get everyone else to side with me, and I'm going no, 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 no. I can take control of the situation so that you guys don't get a say in it anymore, and my choice is the final choice. But everyone else, everyone starts with one of these control cards, so you can all fight each other. (laughs) You know, I can take control, and you can wrestle it from me, and then you know Paul can hit his button, and you take it from me, him. and how you get more of these is um, a couple of the mini games. So one of the mini games that I briefly touched was the, <clears throat> excuse me, the, the quick time events. The first person to do the quick time event successfully gets another one of these cards. You also get cards at, there's a certain point in the game where you are looking for clues. So they walk in and, it, and you know, they're investigating and on the screen there are four things you're looking for and it then it's it does it's not like a countdown like three two one go you can see the things up at the top and then all of a sudden you notice that um when you touch your excuse me when you touch your screen then you can see your your little dot moving across the the television screen Mm -hmm. and you're trying to highlight the the clues whoever finds the clue and highlights it first wins another one of these cards. Okay. Yeah, so it, it's really uh, it, really cool. Yeah, um, it sounds more in-depth than I thought it was going to be. I thought it was yeah, just going to be like a you know choose-your-own-story thing, but everyone's kind of voting on stuff. Yeah. Absolutely so, nothing like I thought it would be. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> so we we really enjoyed it, um, but then we got to the point where sort of halfway in the game, so there's three parts to the when you play and you're watching it, um, and we got to we finished part two and we started part three, and it gave us a hidden agenda and just naturally uh, when I said. I don't have the hidden agenda. Somebody said, else said, I don't have it. And someone went, well, fuck it. I have it. <laughs> um, and we took, and she told us what the, the hidden agenda was. And we said, nah, we don't want to see the story go that way. We, so we ended up kind of coming out of that mode. We yeah, didn't stop yeah, the game. We just like, that, yeah, but it was nice though. And then, you know, because we knew that, that was the hidden the hidden agenda, so we could make it happen. We knew that then, that right there and then, there was two clear cut choices. Yeah, which was quite cool. Um, towards the the end of the game, everyone in part three, everyone gets one final hidden agenda, um, and the agenda might be, for example, don't let Mike go to the toilet. And the and so it gives you that hidden agenda, and then it gives you a a hint, and the hint may be, uh, don't take the cut, don't take the drink, which would obviously make sense because if you take the drink, you're going to go to the toilet. Yeah. Um, now that's not in the game. I just made that one up, but <laughs> just in case everyone's going, it's a game about pissing. Um, so much spoilers. About pissing. <laughs> so we had. Uh, everyone enjoys a game about pissing. <laughs> so everyone had uh, got their hidden agendas, and we and we revealed them, and that was quite interesting as well because we went ah, oh, and we know what the, kind of the beats of the story are, the, the different endings, um, and we got an ending, and it wasn't the one we wanted uh, because essentially there was two people in that we were playing and uh, we spotted something and we did what we were meant to do. And there was two of them that didn't, they were busy looking on the phone instead of looking on the screen. And it was a quick event and they missed it. So we got an ending that we didn't want, um, which is fine. And it it all ends um, and the credits come up and it's funny, the credits come up and, they're doing, if you remember the way that Until Dawn ended, where they're kind of interviewing the, the yeah. survivors. Yeah, they do the same thing in this. That's quite good. I do, I um, yeah, it, it was quite cool. Um, and so that came up and, you know, I we I really enjoyed it and everyone said they enjoyed it. And the telltale sign for me was that Anne uh, was one of them that uh, she missed the quick time event mm-hmm. and she was so pissed off actually don't mention it to her because if you mention it to her she go she's still quite emotional about it because she wanted to see how the story ends okay. and I, in a particular way the the way that we decided we wanted yeah. it to go but we never got to see it that way and she keeps talking about it as like, fuck's sake next time i play it, i'm just gonna, i'm not looking at my phone that's it i'm just looking at the screen that's pretty good and yeah, it is a really, really good game. There is replayability on it, um, so you'll get your ending, whichever one it is, and you can go back and you can get various other endings. Yeah. I don't know how many there are, but we were yeah, talking about it. 
Yeah, there was one of the hidden agendas, and it said something about one of the main characters, and it shed it. It put a little bit of it questioned the character. Oh, it questioned the character's character, uh-huh. and um, we thought, oh, that's that could take the, the the story in a completely different way, and with it being super massive, I it wouldn't surprise me if they've done a lot of work. You know, just for one throwaway decision. Um, yeah, that, that yeah. seems like something they would do. Yeah, highly recommended. The game, even at full price, if you buy it digitally, I think it's like fifteen pounds. Yeah, it, it's worth it. Yeah, penny. it's not expensive. Even then, the physical yeah. version is going for about ten in most places. Uh, yeah, Tesco have the physical version for I think twelve. Yeah, it's like yeah, 15, it's like yeah. That's what I paid for mine. I paid twelve. Um, Highly recommended, definitely. Um, a playthrough, you can play it in, I think we played it in about just a, about an hour and a half or so. So, and that's with discussions and things like that in it. So, you know, from start to finish, it took us about an hour and a half. And the, when we played it when we were doing our board game day, so that was perfectly acceptable to us. Yeah. And it was, it, it was enough. How so, many people did you play it with? Uh, we played it with four, okay. uh, and I think it goes up to six. Yeah, I'm actually kind of looking um, at it the other way. I'm hoping to play it two player. I'm hoping um, it scales down. Well, I I think it would. You can't you can't do the hidden agenda obviously yeah, with two players. Yeah, that wouldn't make much sense. Yeah, um, but I don't see why. Um, yeah. I don't because I. Uh, and Anne and myself are looking forward to playing it again two player, and it would be fine because you know we will discuss you you will discuss what's happening and go all right. He the the character feels like they should lose their shit at this point, so let let's let them do that. Um, and that's like how we got the characters. Well, yeah, that's how the four of us ended up doing it. That's you know, that's how we ended up giving up the the hidden agenda. Now the hidden agenda mode, the we loved it to a certain right. point, but then, like I said, we kind of naturally disbanded it, and it wasn't because it was bad. It just we were having a blast. Um, yeah, I'm going to stop talking about it. I highly <laughs> recommend it. You're going to love it when it comes out. So um, yeah, uh, good, excellent. Uh, Paul, why don't you tell us about some South Park? South Park's new one, The Fractured Butthole. Oh, okay. So, first off, if you like the first game, you're going to enjoy this. You're going to like it. It's not a bad game. Uh, it is more of the same. Very much so more of the same. Um, only with updated jokes and more ties into the latest seasons of South Park. And you're on new storyline, so... <laughs> Yeah, um, I don't mean to be unselling you, <laughs> and it's not a bad game. It's just, it's very much the same. Yeah, it's a new storyline, and you do have some new powers. And you're this time around, you're a superhero. You're not playing, you know, fantasy back in the Middle Ages. You're playing superheroes with the South Park characters. So you get to choose between different classes, a superhero, like a, you know, a fire wielder or um, someone who's like 
the thing, powers like that, or powers of telekinesis, and you get to choose a bunch of different powers. The further you progress through the game, the more of these powers you get to choose from, and you can go in and edit on the fly what you're using. If, say, you choose something and you don't like it, you can pause the game, go in, and edit it through, um, you know, your phone in the game. Mm-hmm. Basically, it's the options menu, but it's your phone in the game. You load it up, you can change your clothes, change your powers, or edit all of that stuff on the fly. Um, so I, I, I went through a bunch of them. Um, I was a ninja, I was... Uh, a fire blaster, I was the thing, I was a telekinesis person. Just to try a bunch of the different ones out. And, you know, they're all different AOEs, different areas of effect, you know, single single square. And it, it, it is a turn-based combat game, much like the last one. The story is really good. I got to a point where I'm like, oh, crap, like the, 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 the story is the ending here. Um, and I felt, you know, that would be a good place for it to end. There'll be a couple of little wrap-up missions to wrap up some some loose ends that are happening. Um, but, you know, this is the the end of the main quest. No, not even close. <laughs> and by that point, I was happy for it to be the end. <laughs> right. Like, I, I was enjoying the game, but if it had ended there, fine, no problem at all. In my opinion, the game is a little too long. Oh, okay. That's fair. I didn't, I didn't finish it. Um, and after I, that, sorry, how how long was your your playthrough at that point? I, I mean, I must have been playing for six, seven, eight hours oh, wow. at that point. I'd been, I'd been playing for a couple of nights. Wow, um, that's that's quite short, actually. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I reckon I must have been. Six or seven hours in. The first one, to, was, right, you know, the first one was only about ten, thirteen hours. Right. Okay. Um. So I, I don't know how much more I had to go, and I don't know, you know, how far I actually got. I just got bored. Wow. I was like, I should. I, I feel like the game should have ended there. If it had ended there and left me with a bunch of side missions to clean up. Which all have their own individual little branching off stories. Uh huh. I would have been happy with that because that ended what had been the main storyline up to there. Mm-hmm. Right. But then it, it kind of flips it a little bit and creates an entirely like new storyline. There's a continuation onwards from. It, it's tied to, but it's loosely just a continuation. Yeah. vaguely tied to what you'd already done uh-huh. and it was just like at that point I went you know what I'm done like I'm happy with where that ended and it's not very often you can complain about getting too much game right yeah but some games definitely overstay their welcome yeah the fractured butthole 100% in my opinion overstays its welcome Um. so to not ruin anything, the the climactic end where I would have ended it is you fight off the big bad guy at the end of the the main storyline, which you know cat like. But I'm not ruining anything because it's the first couple of words of the the game are cats have been going missing, right? Um, and people 
people have been going missing. Um, and you find out who's been taking the cats and what they've been using them for. And um, if you if you watch South Park, you'll know exactly what they're taking the cats for and why they're using the cats. And you would have worked it out yes. within the first two missions of the game. So I'm, I'm not really ruining anything by saying that. And then you work out who's been, you know, people have been going missing. You work out where they've been going, same place as the cats. Bad guys been using them for nefarious things. It just it overstays its welcome. Good game, very well made. Um, turn-based tactical game. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Standard South Park humor. Um, everyone by this point knows that the the first thing you do is you choose your difficulty once you've made your character. And when in choosing your difficulty, you can go from extreme pale white to brown to black, and black is the hardest difficulty. And it changes the skin tone of your character. I do quite like that. Uh, yeah, it's the kind of neat, neat, neat little poke fun at society. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, Edge overstays its welcome. That's fair. I, I I want to sing its praises. It is a good game. It's solidly built. It's funny. It's interesting, and you want to keep so, playing until you get to a certain point, and you just go. Right? Is it now? Do, do the jokes get tired, um, or is it just the gameplay itself? The gameplay gets tired. Right, okay. I, I, I would have happily seen where the rest of that went, but I'll you know, I'll watch it on YouTube or something. I couldn't right. be bothered to play any more of the game. Wow, okay. Yeah. Um yeah. yeah. That that's where I that's where I actually got to with it. And it, a lot of people might not have got there, but I definitely did. I was like, Oh no, I'm I'm kinda done with this now. Like I just can't I, I want to see where the story is going to progress from here, but at the same time, I don't care enough to keep playing the game. Hmm. Right. So, if you like the first one, definitely play it. Um, I'm not putting anyone off playing it at all, but in my personal opinion, it outstays its welcome and it's a little bit too long. Right. Fair enough. I was planning on st- of, uh, skipping it anyway, because I just don't really like South Park very much anymore. It very much ties into the last season of South Park, like it has as a Sopo Soda in it, um, which if anyone knows for that, that's the new hipster area they make in... Which also, I thought uh, that all the, all the superhero stuff was like the worst part of a recent South Park. Then you're going to hate this, because it's entirely based on that. Asterion, yeah. and like Kenny actually being a proper superhero because he can't die, and I do like stuff that. like That's that. Um, yeah, so and and they do the whole. There, there's two teams. There's Kunin friends, and then there's um, the Freedom Pals, which is like Timmy and Tolkien's group. And um, they, they crack jokes like you, um, you DC wanna be mofo's and stuff like that, and um, you go into the base. Wanna be DC? That's some of the jokes they crack. Um, it's it's more South Park. If you liked the first one, and the first one was refreshing because it was new and it hadn't been done before. Yeah, and it was Obsidian. They knew what they were doing. This one's more of the same. Yeah. It, right. It's more of the same. It's trying to cash in on that same type, 
and it's just not that good. Yeah, it sounds a bit tired. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is. It's the it's it's the it's cracking the same jokes in a different setting. It's the same gameplay in a different setting. Right. I got bored. <laughs> I, yeah, I, honestly, I just got bored. Um, so probably so, not on your game of the year list this year. No, no. I might get a, an honourable mention in a category or something, but it's not in my top five. I wouldn't even say it's in my top ten. I think we have a category for disappointing games. Uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> but... Mike, you've been playing a game I really want to pick up on the Switch, and I haven't done it yet. I'm kind of maybe hanging around waiting to Christmas, uh-huh. um, because fiance's here and she kind of wants to see it. How's Cat Quest? Ah, yeah, uh, Cat Quest is very, very good. It is. It was originally a mobile game. Um, earlier this year, and it's now had its port on the Switch. I think you can get it on uh, PS4 and Xbox One as well, but I'm not 100% sure. I think so. uh, yeah, it is. Uh, it's an RPG. Is uh, the best way to describe it. It's kind of like a, a light RPG, and there is a story of. Um, your sister gets stolen away from you from by the baddie of the peace, and you end up in this this land, which is huge. Um, and you basically go around doing quests um, because you first you land and um, you want to go after the baddie the, uh, and there's dragons. Um, so you you defeat one dragon and uh, you've got this little character that's helping you. Um, he's kind of like your guide. Uh, like a, he's like a fairy cat. Um, is this little twinkle? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. And he follows you around the map and things. And um, he helps you slay a dragon. And you think, right. And he says, right, this way to the main dragon. And you go there. And he says, hang on a sec. Maybe we should level up a little bit. <laughs> and that's how it opens up the the map. Um, there are towns littered all over the the map and you go from tavern or from town to town and tavern to tavern and picking up quests now some of the quests are as simple as help the help the uh, weapon the, the smith uh, give them materials for a new weapon and you go from one end of the map to the other it's a fetch and carry quest uh, yeah. and you bring bring the stuff back to them and that's fine and it opens up quest number two where they need more stuff and things like that um and the quests vary from where you go from place to place uh your combat is uh the combat's quite cool um because it's all done on the screen it's not you know there's no um uh, turn-based combat and it's not uh, you know, it's not like the old Final Fantasies where the screen goes wibbly wobbly and then all of a sudden you're in the battle. It's done there and then. Um, you have like a sword attack, you um, you have a roll, and then you have spells. You have four different spells, uh, well, four equipped spells that you can you can have um, on the touch of a button. 
Uh, there are six different spells that you can learn. Is it six or eight different spells that you can unlock? And you, um, you equip them as your, you know, as your needs, as you need. Yeah. Um, and the biggest thing about this game is the scope. Um, it's, it is huge. Um, when you're playing the game and you're you're running about the land, uh, if you're using the switch, then uh, when you tap on the right stick, it zooms out and you can see this huge, 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 huge map. And you go from yeah, you go from area to area. Um, there are ways that you um, you can get that will uh, help you traverse the land as you level up um there's certain points um so there's places that are landlocked um you know surrounded by water as well and you can't get across water until you get to a certain point in the story and then something happens that allows you to do that there's certain places that it would look like i don't know you need to be airborne or something to get there mm-hmm. um and you know later on in the game you get there um, I have completed the main story mode, and uh, what happens is once you've done that, then you it throws you back in the world, and the whole world is open. Um, that took me. Uh, if I just I'm actually looking on my switch at the moment just to see how much time I've actually spent in the game. Uh, it took me. Uh, this makes for exciting radio. Mm-hmm. Uh, about four four hours of play. That doesn't um, super that, long. No, it's not. But remember, this game's it's eight quid, nine quid. Okay. Right. So um, that's four hours of main questing. Um, I've played it for about it says five hours or more. So I've done a, an hour or so after that as well, because what happens is there's little caves and it tells you a level of the challenge and the monsters that are inside them. And you can go in and you can, it's basically like grinding. You can go in, you can fight the beasties in there. Um, and then if you succeed, you get the rewards and then you can come back out. If you go back in, the monsters reset. Okay. But there are things that even I haven't discovered in these caves. Um, there's certain locked chests, and I don't know why they're locked. Um, I don't know where the key is. But saying that, there's other parts of the towns and things that didn't unlock when the quest when I finished the the story, you know, and I got all the credits and everything. Yeah. There's still there's still um more quests and things that are being unlocked. So, yeah, there's four hours of main story, but then there's still more more content. There's more story quests in there. They're just not main story quests. Yeah, it's a bunch of side stuff. Um, or, no, no it's not. Stuff, it, I guess, like extension stuff. Like. Extension, yes. Yeah, that's the better word, because this wasn't available until you finished the, you know, the main story. Um, this timed event, there was a timed event that I found as well. And the reason it, that it existed was because the CatQuest Facebook page had got so many likes. And you got to do this little quest. Okay. And it was really, yeah, it was really stupid, but it was quite <laughs> funny. The game is loaded with puns. That's uh, one of the other things about it as well. Um, 
So there is a tower, and I'm just looking for this tower because it's quite... Um, yeah, there's a, a town that's the... It's the East Port. Not the East Port. The East Port, spelt P-A-W-T. Okay. Because okay. you're a cat. Yeah. Um, yep. Yeah, there's the... Uh, the Lonely Cave, the Beta Ruins, um, is and there is... Is the Bobsy? No. <laughs> uh, it there is... sounds like my kind of game. Yeah, it's just it... ridiculous. It's utterly ridiculous. There is um, watchtowers all along the place, and uh, there's the... One of them's called the Forest Watch, and there's a little guy there, and you go and you speak to him, and he tells you... He says, uh, winter is coming, so you better wrap up warmly. Mm. <laughs> and it's so there's full of, <laughs> yeah, there's full of little quips like that. There is um, the bay. It's a, a watchtower on the bay, and it's called the Bay Watchtower. And the guard there dreams about being a, a, a lifeguard. <laughs> and it's just really oh, silly things. There's a, a cat where... Um, I actually need to find her name. Uh, I took a screenshot of it because it was just absolutely ridiculous. Uh, there's a story where you are going uh, and you're raiding the caves and looking for treasure. And the character's name is uh, Kara Loft. Uh, there is um, the legend. Kara Loft, really? Yep, there is the <laughs> the legendary ancient monster, Cthulhu. Um, <laughs> and uh, there was uh, one of the points where I walked into one of the caves and there was a big monster. And my my little spirit guide turns around and says, holy shiitake mushrooms. <laughs> it, it, it is... It is very, very, <laughs> very, 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 very funny. No, yeah, um, you guys would, I, yeah, I, I it think it's wonderful. It's, it's light-hearted. The combat, there is nothing to the combat. Um, a little bit of um, when it comes to the spells, when you use the spells, there are monsters that use uh, they use the same spells you have. Um, so obviously the fire. You know, the fire monster, you're better off using your ice spell against them. Um, and one of the cool things is uh, the fire, the way that the, the spell affects an area, it's like a, a circle. The ice affects in a horizontal line. The lightning is a vertical line. Okay. Yeah, okay. so it's... It's just a little bit of a twist on using your spell. So not only are you looking at the elements, you're looking at the area of um, the area of effect. Yeah. Which is, it, yeah, that was quite cool when I, when you were in the the caverns and stuff, and you're you're trying to defeat the monsters. Yeah, another one uh, that I played this week, highly recommended, definitely worth the money, lots of fun, go check it out. So that was cool. Uh, Shall we do quickly, um, I think all of three of us can do this, uh, shall we do a Mario Odyssey update? <laughs> yes. Sure, I've not played since I finished it, but sure. Well, the last time we recorded, I don't think you had finished it yet, had you? Yes. Oh, you had? I did. Yep. It was a couple of weeks ago. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. No, I'd finished it last time we recorded. All right. 
Ah, right. Uh, yeah, so I I finished it as well now. Hey. Um, I actually finished it, a, I think it was two minutes after we finished recording. <laughs> so <laughs> okay. I was... You know, I, w- I wasn't far away when we were talking about I'm it as well. Glad because there's a bit at the end of that game I want to spoil during game of the year and good. If we've yes, you, you guys probably already have guessed. Maybe to the end of the story. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. There's something. You um. Know. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I. I like that. I think one of my favorite parts, and we'll probably talk about this game of the year as well, was um. When you're in the in in the city, uh, uh, New Donk City, mm-hmm. and yeah. it's the festival, so and the song that song is playing, and then you're doing something, and you turn eight bit. I love that song so much. <laughs> yes, the, the song is awesome, but the it's basically without spoiling it, and we'll, we'll spoil out the game of the year. But it's an it's an homage to the name of the city. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, which I think is how they describe it in the game as well. Yeah, they're like, this is the history of the city. Yeah. Um, I loved that. I thought that was really, really good. Um, if you go back yeah. there a second time, uh, you can do it again with Nate Bet song. Oh, no way. You don't get an extra for it, though. It's just for fun. You right. Can... Yeah. Oh, I'd go um, back and do that 8-bit for fun. <laughs> you should, it's really good. I can't remember if um, you need to do anything else before it. I think it just unlocks. Oh, right, okay. Um, yeah, I've not... I went back and I... You know, so I finished the, the story and I've went back to some of the places um, and that's me put about 16 hours in and, yeah, I'm... I, I know the last time we recorded I said I wasn't 100% sold uh, you know i felt like it should have been longer yeah but after yeah. doing that and then playing a little bit no i'm good i'm good yeah there's, there's uh, i will go back and play it again yeah exactly yeah um whether it's my game of the year oh i don't know i, I might need to think about that but it is de- i think it's definitely one of the best games of the year what did according, you guys think according to my switch i've played four hours or more of super mario odyssey Oh wow! I feel like that might be slightly inaccurate though, and I might have left it running at some point. Or that this is just <laughs> wrong. Cause it also says I played thirty-five hours of Splatoon two, and that doesn't seem accurate. Um... <laughs> I mean, I've played a decent amount of Splatoon two, but I've not played thirty-five hours of it. Well, mine, yeah, mine, unlike some people who have probably played more than that. Yeah, no, mine says I've played thirty hours. Oh. It says 30 hours or more. I'll see, probably go with you or, or more. Yeah, see, that's the thing. You've, I'm pretty sure you've probably played more Splatoon than I have, so that's not... Uh, that doesn't seem accurate to me. Uh, yeah, no. I... I think my 30 hours is probably about right. Yeah. Well, regardless, um, I've played a lot of Mario. Um, if I look through... I've opened this now. I look through my list of moons... I have collected uh-huh. 100% of the moons in 1, 2, 3, 4, 4 of the kingdoms, no, 5 of the kingdoms? One wow, of the really small. okay. No, sorry, 4 of like the main size kingdoms and then the 2 really small ones that you go to. So you go to like the cloud one that only has like 9 moons on it and you go to the 
the ruined kingdom that only has ten. Right. Um, but of the bigger ones, I've done like four or five of them. I'm trying to get through everything. I don't know that I will, but <laughs> I'm I'm having a lot of fun. I just feel like having that game there to jump into every now and again, just you know. Go... Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know if we spoke about it a, a hell of a lot when we went through the game, but the the music, I love the music in that game. Um, Something's a bit weird to like that music that plays over the the last section of the game is like so on Mario ish. Oh god, um, yeah, yeah. But it's so good. It's like yeah. J pop kind of like yes. what is this? Um yeah, I <laughs> it was bizarre but I was kinda of getting into it uh, you know, because I, really I it. <laughs> um yeah. It's I I liked the you'd be, you know, um playing through and you'd be hearing this music and you go, Oh, I've not heard that before, but it sounds slightly familiar. Oh, that's the underwater theme. And, you know, or you'd just be playing and subconsciously you would start singing the do, 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 fuckers. Because, (laughs) you know, they've they've built it in. Um, Yeah, I thought the music was excellent. Um, And I do like that once you finish the game, you can go back. You can do it when you're, you know, during the, the game, the main story as well. But you can go back and find the music. And you can find different types of music. So, like yeah, really cool. There's some moons that you get by uh, putting... Because you can also play music whenever you want. You can change what music you're listening to. Yes. Um, and there's some moons that you get by finding toads that are listening to headphones. And yes. They'll say, like, and they'll oh, I want to listen to a climactic battle. And you're like, well, I'll put on the last boss fight music then. And he's like, that's the yes. music I wanted. Yes, yeah, I've done a couple of those as well. Yeah, I like those. <laughs> it's so good. And it's one of those things where... Like, I was slightly bummed out to start with that, you know, the a lot of the moons in the first few areas, most areas actually, I guess, have a bunch of them, are moons that are just sitting out. They're just like, oh, you just walk over and find a moon and you pick it up. There's uh-huh. not really any platforming to do, there's not whatever. But the more I've played of it, the more I realise, like, there is enough of the stuff that I like in there that I don't really care about those ones. The fact that those are there is good for people that, you know... Uh, for like kids and stuff like that that don't you know can't control it as well so having ones lying out they can just go pick up great whereas i can then go and do the super fucking hard platforming ones because those are the what i want from a mario game uh-huh. and having that variety there's good for you know just for letting different people play through the game basically yeah 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 so if you're ever stuck and you're like oh i need you know three more moons to progress there's a good chance there'll be three really easy ones to get you don't necessarily have to go for the harder ones. Yeah. Yeah. Unless you're crazy like me and try to get them all. <laughs> Which is definitely an option. Yep. If you're crazy people, though. <laughs> I'm liking it so far. Yes, yeah. Um, yeah, like I said, I don't know if it is my best game of the year, but it's it's up there. Yeah, it's definitely yeah. Less, yeah, definitely so. gonna be up there with me as well. You dress as a pirate. Well, I my I think one of my favorite. I started kicking about uh, as the um, the N sixty four Mario for a bit. <laughs> nice. <laughs> I love that that's a costume that you can get. 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> I actually spent most of the game dressed up as the old coloured Mario. So the one that's got the orange jumpsuit instead of the red one. Oh, yeah. Like from the, the original, okay. like, Donkey Kong art. <laughs> it's just, it's, right. It basically just looks like Mario, but I don't know. I quite like it. <laughs> Not even gonna lie. Spent most of the time in the pirate suit. Yeah, I did spend a lot of time in the pirate suit. Or the aviator. Yes, yep, yeah, the, the aviator. Yeah. Aviator's really good. I've been saving up all of the coins I've been getting to try and get that skeleton outfit because that seems <laughs> real cool. But it's also all of the coins. So. Yes. <laughs> and also I've been using. So the way I've been playing this since like I finished the the main bulk of the game is uh-huh. that I've been like doing another like quick once over on each of the levels or like when I go to a world and I'm like okay I'm gonna 100% this one I'll do a quick once over of the world but then once I'm done kind of finding the ones that I naturally find quickly rather uh-huh. than like scouring through everything you can go and pay money to uh, there's a blue toad in each level and he'll just tell you where the moons are he won't tell you how to get them you still have to go and do the thing, but you'll say you'll put a cross on your map and be like, "This is where you have to go." Yeah. So I've been doing that. I've just been spending all my coins on that and just being like, "Well, I've already done what I'm going to do, so show me where the moons are." Yeah, fair <laughs> enough. <laughs> yep. Cool. Excellent. I think. Um, I think is that as done for Mario? Do you think? Yeah. Tell game of the year. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Um, <laughs> It's, it's going to come up heavily, I uh, I suspect, anyway. But uh, cool. So let's move on then. Kieran, I'm uh, going to keep you on the spot. Uh, what can you tell us? How is um, the new Jackbox Party Pack game, Jackbox Party Pack number four? It's pretty good. Um, so I play, I've not played all of the games on it yet. Right, okay. Um, but I played a handful of the new games uh, with a few friends. So. First thing it has is Fibbage. It's the newest version of Fibbage. Oh, right, okay. Which is also the prettiest version of Fibbage. Like, like Fibbage has always been really nice looking, but Fibbage 3 is just really gorgeous. Like, it's it's got some really nice artwork on it. Um, But other than that, it is Fibbage. Like, if you've played it before, you know what it is. It's just more questions. So, people don't know, quick overview, Fibbage is a or Jackbox in general is kind of like the, uh, the play, play, link, play, link. play Link game that we were talking about earlier. Um, you play on your phone and it connects up to a server that pings stuff onto your TV and everyone connects up to it and different games do different things. So Fibbage is uh, trivia questions with you know blanks in them basically. And everyone has to write an answer that isn't the correct answer for what should be in the blank, but is something believable. So, for example, one of ours was, um, I can't remember which president it was, but it was like, you know, one, an American president had blank as a pet. And so everyone's writing, you know, their funny answers or their, you know, believable answers. So they'd be like, oh, they had a cat, they had a dog. They had black people. They had, and it's like, oh, that's. Um, and then the, the real answer for that one turned out to be grizzly bears, which is a weird one. Um, right. But yeah, so like everyone writes their their lie that seems somewhat believable, or if you're just being dumb and funny, you write a dumb funny thing. 
um, mm-hmm. and then everyone has to guess the correct answer. If they guess the correct answer, they get points. If they guess an incorrect answer, the person that wrote the incorrect answer gets points. Uh, so basically, you just try to trick people into pick your answer. Uh-huh. And it's good. It's, it's, they've not really okay. changed it a massive amount since the previous ones. They just made it prettier and added more questions. But, you know, Fibbage is always great. So. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Other than that, there was. Trevor off the top of my head, there's um, a Civic Doodle. Right. Which is a game where you're trying to. It's basically it's their drawing game. They usually have at least one drawing game in each of the Jackbox games. Yeah. And it's a game where you're. Like, you're. The idea is you're drawing a mural. You're trying to work together to build a mural. And what happens is it picks two people out of all the people that are playing and gives them, to start with, just a, a basic line on a bit of paper or a, on a blank screen. So you'll start with just like a blank screen and then you'll just have like, you know, some little squiggle on it. And they have to add to that and draw the, a basic mural from it. Just a picture, really. So after that, uh, everyone else votes on which one they like the most and that one gets kept the other one gets ditched and then two more people get picked and then they have to draw on top of the winner of the last round and add more to it and it keeps going like that so you have a few rounds of that just building up on top of this original line basically and making a big drawing that ends up something really silly um that one was alright it's maybe I'd say it's probably one of the maybe the weakest of their drawing games because the drawing games are usually the best bit of Jackbox. Um, at least in my yeah, opinion. the T-shirt TKO was great. TKO was fantastic. Yep. Um, I really like Bidiots. Bidiots is one of those ones that I was super skeptical about to start with, and then played it and was like, oh no, this is great. This is this is like it's a drawing game, but also it's got you know the kind of hidden role lying to each other stuff, which is yeah. you know, just great. Um, just like lying at people. Yeah. But it's one of those ones where it's kind of a shame because I feel like the best part of Civic Doodle is actually the last round because it, it's quite fun. Like it's not it's not a bad game or anything like that. It's the weakest of the drawing game, but it's, but it's still really good. Um, but the last round is they give you a theme. So ours was carry the caribou, which we had to all look up what caribou is. It's a type of cow, apparently. Um, and it gives you again like a basic thing so it gave us like an oval and everyone has to draw it at the same time or it gives you piece by piece so for starters it says draw the head and so it gives you this sphere or this uh, oval in the middle and everyone has to draw the head and then everyone has to vote on which of the heads is the best and then everyone gets that head drawn like that head drawing added as the base for their next one and it'll say like okay, All right. draw the body and then everyone tries to draw the body, and you vote on which body you like the most, etc., etc. And then it'll be like add extra flair, and you know everyone votes on their favorites. So we ended up like you know someone drew a head and it was the best, someone drew a body and it was better than the person who drew the head's body, so we drew that. That one got added, and then for the flair at the end, someone just drew tits and a dick on it, so it was pretty good. Um, <laughs> It was pretty fun. Like I that that mode. I wish there was just a whole mode of that round. Like I would play the shit out of that. That'd be one of my favorite things. Um, and maybe there will be. They 
Jackbox tend to, you know, they make sequels to these things. Maybe they'll do a yes. standalone version of Civic Doodle at some point that's just that, because that'd be great. Yeah. Um, and also something I mentioned before going to the other games and this is, Jackbox have updated and really like improved their like online services stuff. So uh-huh. they've been doing it slowly as each Jackbox comes out. So with the second one, you could view a gallery of all your previous, you know, all the comments people put into things, all the drawings people have drawn into things. You could view that history on their page. All right. And the one after, uh, like TKO had all that stuff, but TKO also let you buy the t-shirts you were making. That's right, yeah. Yep. Yep, uh, the thing great. they do in this one is Civic Doodle, because it's a... You know, a layered thing where one person's drawing a thing, someone else is drawing something on top of it, someone else is drawing something on top of that. Um, instead of just giving you the pictures, they give you an animated GIF of it being drawn piece by piece. All right. Which is really neat. Um, so I just love that they're they're doing that stuff. They're really good at you know improving their services in that way, and it's just really cool. Um, so yeah, Civic Doodle was cool. Um, enjoyed that one quite a lot. We played uh, Survive the Internet, which was quite a fun one. So Survive the Internet is um, everyone gets given a question. Um, so it'll be like, uh, what do you think of, um, like, what do you think of you know Real Housewives TV show? And you write your answer. Then your answer, without the question that you were given to start with, Get sent to someone else. Oh, okay. And you know you receive someone else's as well, and it'll just say like, "Oh, write a a news headline that this is now going to be a response to." Like, take it out of context, make it seem really dumb. So, you know, if for example you wrote for Real Housewives, you say, "I really hate it. It's terrible." Then maybe the headline I write is, you know, "Firefighter saves kittens." And then when that gets shown on the screen, everyone's going to go, Firefighter saves kittens. And Mike said it's terrible. <laughs> he hates <laughs> it. Um, and it's just funny. You get some really good ones. Sometimes it doesn't work too well. Sometimes it works pretty well. Um, actually, I don't know why I'm giving bad examples when I could actually just look at what our examples were from the game. <laughs> I keep forgetting, even though I was just talking about how good all that stuff is. Um, let's see. Survive the internet. Uh, oh so one of the things that we got given was like write a hashtag to get put at the end of this comment so someone got uh, I can't remember what the question was for it because it doesn't show in this thing but the thing they wrote was it is relaxing very funny and then I added the hashtag hashtag funeral thoughts what else we got here? The news one. Um, so, there was, um, someone got asked the question, why is there uh, eight Fast and Furious movies? And she wrote, because milking. And then the news headline that got added to that instead is, cow falls in love with farmer. <laughs> so, cow falls in love with farmer because milking. <laughs> Um, so yeah, it was a, it was pretty good. There was a, 
it's very hit or miss, I think, but I think it's one of those ones, if you play it a couple of times, you'll get it, and then you'll be like, okay, I can do this. Um, I really enjoyed that one, actually. And the last one we played, there's two more. There's Bracketeering, which we didn't play, uh, but then there's um, Monster Seeking Monster, which we did play. Right. Which is, it's weird. It's like a, it's a hidden role game where everyone has, everyone is a monster, and each monster has a special ability. So, for example, I was... Uh, I wasn't actually a monster, I was a monster hunter. And my special ability was that if I dated uh, the shapeshifter monster, each time I did, I got an extra point. And that meant, you know, if I kept, if I figured out who that was, who the shapeshifter was, and I dated them over and over, then I could win the game quicker. But right. The way, the way it works is just, it's set over the course of a few nights and every night you have four messages you can send to people and you can write whatever you want but you can only send four messages so basically it's just like a you know like a facebook messenger chat or all right okay. it's supposed to be something it's supposed to be kind of like tinder or something like that like you're sending messages but it's limited to uh -huh. four there's four across like all the people so if i sent you two messages, Mike. I could only send two messages to Paul. I couldn't send any more because I only have four. Right. Or three okay. to you, one to Paul. And All right, okay. At the end of the night, you have to pick the person you want to date. And if they pick you back, you date and you both get a heart. And then if you have abilities then that become applicable in that, then also those get impacted as well. And they don't show. Except at the end of every night, the person with the highest amount of hearts gets their identity revealed. So if you're a shapeshifter and you have the most points, then everyone will know you're a shapeshifter after the first night. And everyone knows what your ability is. So the shapeshifter's ability is everyone that every time someone dates them, they both swap hearts. So if shapeshifter has two hearts and the person they date has six, then the shapeshifter's going to have six at the end of that round. So it becomes a lot harder if they are in first place at the end of the first night. Right. Um, and it's weird. Like it's, I think it would work better with more people. We played it with uh, five, and I think it goes up. It only goes up to seven, I think. But I think with a full load of seven people, it'd probably be a bit better. Um, right. But it was an interesting concept, at least. Uh, especially cool. because like the first round is always slightly awkward because, like, two of us were couples. And then there was just one extra person. So the first round was kind of like, I sent messages to my girlfriend saying, hey, we should date tonight. You know, my friend sent a message to his wife saying we should date tonight. And then the person left over was like, yeah, well, fuck you guys. <laughs> so <laughs> uh, but, but the, the thing is, you can't win that way. You, you have to date more than one person because otherwise, like, your odds are your special ability will be something, you know, that impacts that. Um, right. For example, one of the abilities we had was someone was a mummy, and their special ability was that everyone they dated they cursed. But the curse, the curse wouldn't be revealed, so the person didn't know they were cursed until the end of the game. Right. But every time someone dates the person that has the curse, they also get cursed, so it spreads. Basically, you're just okay. giving someone an STD. That is basically yes, yeah. the mummy's ability <laughs> is they give they have an STD, and at the end of the game. The mummy gets, I think it's like two extra hearts for every person who's infected with the curse, unless right. everyone is infected with the curse. Which right. 
is like impossible to track and there's like nothing for nothing they can really do about it afterwards <laughs> like after a certain point so it was a weird one um so i'm not really sure like how balanced it is or how you know that kind of stuff but i think it's slightly better than their previous attempt at a hidden role game because before they did um uh what's the the one where you had to like put your thumb up or put, like, oh count on your fingers or stuff like that and oh yeah I know I the one. I didn't really like that one at all. Um, but yeah, that it's better than that, but I'm still not really 100% sold on it. But I'm going to try it a couple right. times. I think it's one of those ones that after you've played it a couple of times, you'll know whether it's you know worth playing anymore or not. Yeah. 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 Um, I, am, I am tempted to pick it up. Um, I think it's currently on sale. Um, I, I think the sale ends tonight, actually. I think it's... So, so it's going on sale for like fifteen ninety nine. Uh, I think it's worth it it's um, bracketeering seems weak that's why we didn't play it even though we had some time like we turned it off when we played TKO and uh, Jackbox 3 instead alright oh, okay but, um, I think for Fibbage 3 which Fibbage 3 seems to have a stupid amount of content in it it actually has a second mode called Fibbage Enough About You which we didn't play but I believe it's the same thing but all the questions are about people and the people that are playing, so it'll ask something specific like what is so and so's thing. Um, oh, right, okay. But we didn't play it, so I don't, I don't actually know that much about that one. Um, but like Fibbage 3 itself seems to have a crazy amount of content in it. And then Civic Doodle was really good, and Survive the Internet is really good. So it's, Monster Shaking Monster seems interesting, but I'm not really sold on it yet. And Bracketeering yeah. just doesn't seem very good. So I think, you know, three great games in it. Maybe four is still pretty solid. Yes, yeah. Yeah. I like how weirdly like experimental the Jackbox series is. Because like they are pretty hurt or miss. There's definitely been a miss in every one of them. Yeah, I think so, yeah. Jackbox yeah. 3 was pretty solid. But Jackbox 3 was the one that had oh it was faking it, is what it was called. Yes. Yeah. So, but everything else in it was really good. So yeah, I guess they always have one that's maybe not a hundred percent, you know, as good as the rest. Yes. Um, yeah. But yeah. I appreciate that they're trying to do different things each time. Like you know, usually there's a fibbage or a quiplash or something like that. But then the rest of the box, that's like your safe one, and then the rest of the game is new stuff that's cool. Yeah. And maybe they don't always work, but you know, they try. Which is the important thing. Yeah. A lot of people don't do that anymore for video games. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, good. Um, yeah. Uh, Paul, me and you have both been playing a game. Nice we have. Game, so. I think I've played more of it than you have as well. Uh, yeah, I think you've finished it, haven't you? <laughs> oh, yeah. No, <laughs> In which case, I'm you've definitely be... played more than me. I'm only like halfway through I, it. I, um, I got into one of those zones where I got off work and I just binge played for six hours and I thought maybe I should go to bed and did that three nights in a row. May I want to mention the name of the game, which is Wolfenstein 2, the new classes. Yes, yeah. Before <laughs> we get too into it. Yeah, so I binge played that game, and I mean binge played it. I bought it on Saturday night, but uh, Saturday night's date night with the fiancé, so I didn't get to play it. Um, 
So got off work on Sunday, binge played it for six hours. Got off work on Monday, binge played it for six hours. Got home from university on Tuesday and binge played it from 5 p.m. until about one in the morning when I finished it. <laughs> I've not done that. I played <laughs> over the course of a couple of nights. I played to what sounds like roughly the halfway point, maybe a little bit before the halfway point. Pretty much the halfway point. It's kind of um, where just the to... side stuff starts opening up. Yeah, it's where you start getting side quests and things like that. Like, there's a hub area and a submarine, and basically I got back to that, and they were like, oh, you can use this map now to go and assassinate Nazis. I'm like, well, that seems alright, I can do that. I'm always up for killing Nazis. (laughs) So, that's something we can all agree on as being good, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. In today's political climate, that's controversial somehow? Fuck. Oh, well... (laughs) This game's controversial through the absolute flipping hole of it. It's so it's it builds on Wolven's the the first Wolvenstein game, which you know was a reboot by Bethesda two years ago, three years ago. It wasn't a reboot, which is the weird thing about it. It was a direct sequel to the the last Wolvenstein game before it. Oh, really? Okay. Like characters like um. like Carolyn and stuff like that, they were all in the previous game. All right, okay, cool. Bizarre. I did not know that because the first they, they the... treated it like a reboot. Yeah, they treated it like a reboot, um, and it was the first Wolfenstein game I'd ever played, yeah. and it was it was great, it was a fantastic game, one of the most solid shooters that came out the year it came out. This is a, a, a direct sequel. You you start off exactly where that one ended. Yes. Um, and it. Just it's so for the first kind of half of the game, I'm thinking this is a great sequel. It's a solid shooter. Gunplay is nice. Looks good. Storyline's fun. And then you get to that halfway point. <laughs> and at that halfway point, it just becomes the most bizarre, odd, crazy, mental sci-fi blended with alt history game they do a really good job of just randomly jumping between incredibly dark like subject matter to by the way here's here's a cat's head on a monkey and you know yeah i was like a cat but it's climbing around your submarine yeah yeah (laughs) why is is this a thing they they do a brilliant job of jumping from like the most dark content, as you say, which is strangely so close to the bone and really relevant with the current political climate, <laughs> yeah. um, to an angry Scottish guy going off the nut because someone called him English. I do like Fergus. <laughs> um, Fergus is one of the, the better parts of that game. He provides some great comedy relief, and you've yet to see some of his best yeah. moments in the game. He has a robot arm that doesn't obey his orders all the time. <laughs> it's so fantastic. There's a point that you it's walk into so a good. room and Fergus is there with two black eyes and he's like, I, d- I can't do it. And you're like, who, who did that to you? And he's like, my arm. My arm did it. Have you ever woken up with your own arm punching your face? It's like, oh God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're not even ruining anything. These are just like... That's like right side at the start. Cut, yeah, it's like side cutscenes off the main story right at the start. 
it's just fantastic. Um, the 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 depth of enemies, the depth of weapons. You can go from crazy like Nazi invented laser firing guns to a um, revolver shotgun. Oh, that shotgun's so good. Oh god, I love that shotgun so much. Every, almost every weapon. Dual wield almost every weapon. Great. I'm, you know, dual wielding is a thing that shooters need to just get back into. You know, not since Halo Two has dual wielding been such a big thing. It's uh. just possibly one of the nicest, most solid shooters that I've played this year, and I've played in recent times. Going off the back of the last one, which again was a fantastically solid shooter that has possibly one of the best storylines. Like, the storyboarding team, the storyline team, the writers for these games are just so on point. Yeah, I'm really enjoying the story so far. Um, They do a good job at making BJ Blazkowicz into a character, which is a weird sentence to say. Yes, Um, (laughs) yeah. Given he literally... Yo, in the old Wolfenstein's, BJ Blazkowicz was literally just like you know the Doom Marine in Doom. He was just a face in the bottom of the screen that got angry as your health got low. Like that's, yeah, that's all he was, and they made him into um, a relatable, interesting character with depth, a backstory, who uh, has relationships and um, has relationships, and in this one has you know certain mental issues relating to his backstory and it changes who he is as a person and it it shows you how his character is built and they've really they've they've outdone themselves uh in building his backstory and making him who he is as a character and making you relate to him Uh, um i i think a review I read after I'd finished the game, so I didn't read any before, but I, I went looking for reviews after it. Um, and a review I read after I'd finished the game simply titled, Wolvenstein 2 is the best movie of 2017. <laughs> it's, it's up there. It's a really good game. I'm... <laughs> yeah. Um, and you know what? Had, had it been a movie that was put together and had this storyline, you would not walk out of the cinema disappointed. No, it would have been a good action movie with, like, weirdly dark moments to it. Yeah, um, it's just... Play it. Go and play it. It was on sale for 20 quid when I bought it. I think it might have went back up now a little bit, but even at £40, it would have been a good game. I reckon... I mean, I binge-played it three nights for six hours, so there's at least... There's at least 15 to 18 hours of content in there. Yeah. Did you do much of the side stuff? Yeah. Uh, I actually know. I did a couple of side things, then finished the game. I'm actually going back to the side stuff now. Yeah. And because I've finished the game, the side stuff difficulty apparently has appeared to ramp up mm. because it's really difficult. That makes sense. It's quite a hard game anyway. Um... Yeah, it is. It's not an easy game to play. You're going to get frustrated. You're going to chuck controllers out of windows. But there is a point around the halfway mark where you do what many people I've seen online have said is the hardest level in the game, and then the next level's pretty easy <laughs> because everything after feel, that it makes you yeah. feel like a monster. 
everything like, after that level, you just run in. You feel so badass. Dual wielding shotguns going yeah. nuts. And especially because you get your first uh, upgrade after that. So yeah. I pick yeah. the one that basically turns you into the juggernaut. Um, which means if you sprint into things, you you know, if you sprint an enemy, you kill them. If you sprint into specific destructible walls, you just fucking smash through them. I um I picked the one that lets you doesn't let you shrink down so much. It lets you constrict okay. your body to go through small spaces. That's a weird one. Um, it's actually very very useful. I like the juggernaut one because it meant that when I now run into rooms. Before I would kind of peek around with my dual wielded shotguns and start firing. Now I run in. I run in. First Nazi dies because I ran into him. And then I start <laughs> yeah. shooting my shotguns. Yeah, it makes. Uh, yeah, it's that's really fair. Fun. It's such a um, fun game. Only... I, I'll be honest. I'll I will tell you how I got my upgrade. I I like the fiance choose. I was like, right, pick one of those three. Yeah, I kind of <laughs> sat for a second and I was like, which one do I really want? Do I want to be able to say I'm the juggernaut bitch? I kind of do. Hmm, I'll get that one. Do I want a career in American football? I should probably yeah. take that one. Um, probably take that one. Uh, yeah, I'm enjoying it a lot. Literally, my only criticism of it is that I think the level design's not quite as good as the first game. Uh, so far, at least. Like, I think the actual combat's really good, the story's really good, the graphics yep. really nice. Um... Actually, I lie. There's two complaints I have. So there's that, uh, and also the PC version's a bit uh, uh, temperamental, let's say. So yep. the only reason I've not played as much Wolfenstein 2 as I would like to by now is because I couldn't get the game to run for longer than five minutes at a time for the first few days that I owned it. That's fair enough. I don't really have... Um... Those those problems on the, yeah. the PS4, so... The console versions are pretty solid. The thing is, what I will say is that the PC version is really well optimized, so it runs super well when it runs, but it has a bunch of weird bugs, like, in terms of, like, crashes and stuff. So, the issue I was having, just in case anyone's listening has the same issue, uh, was that after a few minutes of playing, it would just crash. Like, the music would keep playing, but the graphics would go black, and it would just crash to the desktop. Actually, first of all, it would minimize the game, and then it would crash once it was minimized, which is weird. Okay. Um, yeah. The way I fixed it, which is a fix that should not be a thing, and they should hopefully release an update to fix this at some point, is uh, there's a you can add the launch commands to Steam games. Yeah. You could do it for any executable on PC, but it's easier to do on Steam. Um, there's one I don't know of top of my head but you can find it online there's one that turns off the steam overlay and that fixed it not having an overlay pop up caused it to not crash anymore so weird bug but if you encounter but there's like there's a massive forum thread on uh, the steam forums which otherwise I would also say fucking avoid the steam forums especially for that game (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's weird a game about killing Nazis brings out a lot of bad people who knew <laughs> some people are slightly annoyed by it um, yeah it's there's a bunch of weird issues with it but once you get it running on PC it's using the same engine as the last Doom did and 
as a result, it runs so well. It looks so nice, and it's just running at solid 60 frames a second at all times. It's fucking great. Um, yeah, so I do recommend the PC port, but just be aware that you might have to do some troubleshooting to start with. Yeah, oh well. It's definitely worth doing the troubleshooting, because it's a great game. Yeah, definitely. So, since we've both already spoke about that, we'll keep this crosshairs firmly pinned on you, Kieran, and talk about something else we've both played. Animal Crossing Pocket Camp. Oh, yeah. I've, not pl- I've actually not played a massive amount of... <laughs> <laughs> oh, I've, play- I've played actually a bunch. I'm like level 8, level 9. I'm level 6. Um, I wish I could pull the fiance on because she's like level 10 or 11 and she's played way more of it than she should have yeah my girlfriend's the same she's like level 12 or something it's like how yeah. how? how are you from that <laughs> level um, yeah Animal Crossing Pocket Camp is the iOS and Android version of Animal Crossing that Nintendo released last week it's uh, weird like it's simplified compared to regular Animal Crossing like you don't have like a full village to walk around in. You can't really explore the world and stuff. But you're building up a little campsite and inviting people to come to your campsite and you know doing having chats with those people like you would in Animal Cro- other Animal Crossing games. You're going to different areas and collecting bugs and collecting fruit and collecting fish. And the main purpose for those is that. Each of the people that shows up, or the animals that shows up, not necessarily in your camp, but you know they'll show up on a timer basically in other areas. Um, if you give them what yep. they are specifically looking for at that time, so they might be saying, "I need a monarch butterfly." If you give them a monarch butterfly, then your relationship with them goes up, and every time you level up your relationship with them, you get some resources, some materials that you can use for building things, which you can then build in your camp to build new furniture and stuff and expand your camp out and more people will come to your camp and hang out and the more people that are hanging out at your camp then the less people you have to wait for showing up in the rest of the world so you can basically just you know essentially grind their like their the things they're requesting from you so you can get more materials so you can get more stuff and you can Keep, you know, it's that endless loop that Animal Crossing always has where you're just trying to get more stuff basically um, it, you don't start in debt like most Animal Crossing games Tom Nook doesn't show up and go by the way here's an expensive mortgage on a house that's shit <laughs> um, it's kind of the opposite you show up and they're like here's a campsite it's yours and you're like why and they're like don't worry it's yours just do something like that. don't and ask where it came from don't ask yeah we found it it's a plot of land we don't own it. What? Build a campsite. I use campsite also in the loosest sense of the word. Right. My campsite at the moment is two couches around a table that has kettles on it. That has <laughs> bookshelves around it because that's what I had. Uh, and then there's more kettles on the ground because I kept buying kettles. Um, Why? I don't know. <laughs> the kettles are pretty cool. I don't know. Uh, and then I have a second, like, a, a sub-area that has a guitar, a drum kit, uh, a couple of amps, and KK Slider just sitting there 24-7 playing guitar. So, 
It's pretty what good campsite. What is wrong with you? Oh, man, it's a pretty good campsite. Also, <laughs> I think there's another kettle there as well. And a my, my, my campsite has everyone's sofas arranged around tables, so they can all sit around and talk. I mean, yeah, me too, but there's also kettles on the table. And then there's a, the other section of my campsite... It's pretty much everyone's required thing that they'll want to sleep on, so hammocks, beds, and different things like that. What I realised is that you don't have to have the things that people want for them to stay. No, no, you don't. I, I've actually now got rid of a bunch of stuff. <laughs> but if you... So, and... to explain the mechanic, I guess, for people listening, different uh, animals will only come to your camp if you have specific things. So there's like four... Yeah styles there's actually five now styles of things so there's cool natural cute and sporty uh but now there's also christmasy they added christmas stuff in today uh, oh jeez now i need to load up the game once we're finished recording because it's christmas now you know oh, of course it is dirty. Fucking, it's, not even it's been christmas yet. since then um, it's the it's I, been Christmas since the 1st of November, you sacrilegious weirdos. I mean, whatever, I was at the Christmas market on Tuesday, so whatever, I can't criticise it. Um, I've had the Christmas tunes on since the 1st of November. Part of the problem. Um, on a side note, have you heard DMX's cover of Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer? I have not, no. Uh, Spotify, <laughs> Spotify did a Christmas singles playlist, which is a bunch of different artists doing covers of Christmas songs. And one of them is DMX doing Rudolph Red Nosed Reindeer, and it's oh god, it's, it's really good. <laughs> does he so does good. he change it up to ask Rudolph where his hood's at? It's, it's, you're not far off. It's, it's, <laughs> it's kind of exactly what you think it is. It's really good. Anyway, on the <laughs> story of Animal Crossing, um, the way you get people to join or animals to join your camp uh, to come and stay, visit or whatever, is. You talk to them and they'll be like, "Oh, I've these. This is the list of furniture you need to have for me to show up. Like, I will only show up if you have a, you know, a sporty rug and a sporty couch and a sporty table. Or I'll only show up if you have a guitar and amp and a drum kit. And then you craft those things, which cost materials that you get by you know doing tasks for people, and also time. So you can speed them up yep. with the this the way." This game is free to play, so the way they you know charge you money for things is you can buy leaf tickets, which then speed up those things. Um, it's the thing. The thing I figured out, which it doesn't make clear, is that people will only join. They'll only come to your camp if you place the furniture that they want. You can't just make yep. it and have it in your inventory. You have to place no, it. No, no, you need to have it placed there. Yeah, yeah. but there is a button that says auto place. Which yes. I didn't use for the first few times because I was like, I don't want you to fucking just drop a couch anywhere. Yeah, but no, I should... did the same. I I pushed, put, placed the stuff myself. You should use the auto place if you don't actually care about the thing, because otherwise you're like, oh, I'm gonna place this couch and then I'm gonna pick it up again because I don't want a sporty couch here. I've got natural couches everywhere. That doesn't go. Doesn't make sense yeah. in my camp. And. The auto place, once you hit auto place, the person shows up, it's like, oh, I really like this, it's great, I'm going to stay here. Then it pops up saying, do you want to keep these things here? And you can hit the button to say There's, no, you and say it picks it no, all it removes again. them. And it's like, ah, I wish I'd known this hours ago. And then you, 
can actually sell the stuff, but the person will still keep coming around because you've pleased them one time. I didn't know you could sell the stuff. That's pretty good. You can also place it inside a little camper van that you have, which is pretty good. Um, yeah. I'm enjoying it. It's a bit repetitive, but it's an Animal Crossing game, so what do you expect? Yeah, very true. Yeah. Um... Cool. Are you any more tired about that, Paul? No, not really. It's just really fun. Uh, it's so it's the first Animal Crossing game that I've ever played, um, and I really want to go back and grab some for the the, the 3DS, 2DS now, uh, and give those a go. Um, I might. It wouldn't shock me yeah, to switch one next year. I'll wait on a so I'll probably wait on a switch one. What I am going to do is I'm actually going to buy one. For for the 2DS and then gift my um, unused 2DS now to um, Fiance nice. so she can play a full Animal Crossing. Yeah. Um, but no, really enjoyable, really fun, very light. Um, I'm playing it mostly going to bed or while waiting in classes at uni. Yeah, um, I can play on So like there's, you know, like I said, the free to play mechanic is mainly that you buy these leaf tickets to speed up the crafting of your furniture yeah um, but most things are most things are crafted pretty quickly anyway at least to start with like they're a few minutes to i think the longest i saw for most of the main things is like you know five ten minutes but then there's bigger yeah. things that take hours um, yes and that's fine like i just set those things to to craft and then you know Go to work for the day <laughs> when I'm on tram home. It's done. So yeah, that's not, what I've been doing. I've been like doing stuff at either. night. Yeah, doing stuff at night. Just like crafting the quick stuff, and then when you start getting some of the items that take like four or five hours to craft, it's like right, cool. Close that bedtime. Now wake up in the morning. And they're done. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's good. I'm enjoying it. Um, yeah. Nintendo has been on a fucking roll with their mobile stuff. They're they're doing it very very well and they're doing it very very sensibly and their games are not exceptionally pushy with the microtransactions yeah. and, and and trying to fleece you out of money. It's there if you want it, but if you don't want to use it, then you don't have to. I like that if you go into the real money bit um, and you scroll all the way to the bottom one. So like all of them are just like, oh, here's leaf tickets. You get twenty leaf tickets. You get. The yeah, bottom, the bottom yeah. one is just Tom Nook in a bath filled with leaf tickets. <laughs> yeah, that just sounds wrong. It's really good. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm enjoying it. Also, it's the one uh, Nintendo made uh, mobile game that has been updated for the iPhone 10 resolution. So that's good. It fits my whole screen. More games need to do that. Nice, nice. Didn't buy an expensive phone to have goddamn borders at the top and bottom. <laughs> You're completely bonkers and off your head for spending that amount of money on a phone in the first place, but still. Really nice phone. Yeah. Speaking of really nice yeah. things, Mike, you've been playing Tekken 7. I have, yes. Uh, so I picked up Tekken 7 because of Black Friday. Okay. All Black Friday's fault. Um, and I picked up the deluxe version. 
So it comes with all the DLC as well. So, mm. Kieran, you, I think you spoke quite a bit about Tekken 7 when it first came out back in June, I think it was. I think so, yeah. Oh, I don't know if it was yeah. right when it came out, but I definitely picked it up at some point. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, so it's the next game in the series, uh, Tekken. I think everyone, at this point everyone knows what Tekken is. Um, yeah, it's Battle Cup. <laughs> and... Uh, yeah, uh, what's new in Tekken 7? Uh, Akuma's in it from Street Fighter. Have you played as Akuma yet? No, I haven't, actually. He um, really well. He fits in right. so well. Um, so I've I played through um, the story mode. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and what is it? What do they call it? The Mishima... Oh, sorry. Uh, it's something like the Mishima... Fuck up or something like that. Yeah, it's basically it's the the whole story with Heiachi and Kazuya and all the the yeah. Mishima saga. That's it. So yeah, and Jin's in it and everything like that. So you do all of that, and um, yeah. So <laughs> Jin's up for half a cutscene. Yes. Yeah. Um, and. That is okay. That that story was okay. That, but there was this mechanic that I added to it, and I thought was quite strange. And then I kind of got into it. And what the mechanic is is at the bottom left of the screen, the it says to enter the story mode, hold one of the shoulder buttons down, and then when you push, you know one of the buttons it will do either a combo or a special move normally it would be a move that you would need to do you know maybe a direction and a couple of button presses to get it done mm-hmm. but because it's in story mode um it's helping you to do these so that you can progress through the story and you know maybe the character needs to be able to do that move to defeat the certain character that you're fighting yes Normally, things like that, I'm, I'm against uh, in fighting games because if you start using them and they, you know, you end up relying and relying on them, and you will never, you, you'll never be any good at the game, mm-hmm. you know, when it comes to playing with uh, other humans and things. Yeah, if you but, want to just get through the story, it's yeah, a handy it, way to. I I thought it worked really well. Yeah, um, like yeah, just. Yeah, it was quite odd, but thought worked really well. Um, the so the, the main story is you know Hayachi and uh, Kazuya and everyone else, and there's a couple of new characters that get brought in and things like that. But you can once you sort of if you when you're playing the story, if you get beaten up, then it says do you want to continue, and it gives you a countdown. You can move on or not. Mm-hmm. And I found that well once you come out of that then there's another part so there's other characters in the Tekken series that are in the game as well and for example uh, Paul being one of them Uh, and you can play Paul's story so it gives you a little bit of a story and Paul uh, in his final fight at Tekken he came across Panda so you fight Panda and if you're playing as Paul and you you win the fight, then you get a little bit of a cutscene, 
and a story in a cutscene, and it's reminiscent of the story in cutscenes or the cutscenes you got from. Remember when uh, going all the way back to the first Tekken and Tekken Two, mm-hmm. when all the story that you got was this, you know, twenty-second cutscene. It's kind of going back to that, so you've got this little cutscene for each of the, the characters. I thought that was quite cool. Uh, I liked that. Um, the single-player modes, there's not much to say apart from, you know... It's a little bit sparse. Yeah. Um, but then you move on to the offline stuff, so you've got the arcade battles. Arcade battles can uh, consist of, I think, six fights. I think that's right. Yeah, six fights, and then you fight the, the, main, the new... Um, end of level which is a Kazumi I think her name is yeah you, yeah, you fight Kazumi and yeah um, so he's wife he threw her in the volcanoes yeah. he throws everyone in volcanoes and off cliffs and yeah, yeah he's if, just if a... he had to ever invite you to a volcano say no like yeah. why, why would anyone <laughs> ever go or if he's standing next to you and you're on top of somewhere high <laughs> Don't, don't don't look near. don't yeah don't go near the edge. Just he's not even don't. going to push you. He's going to pick you up with both hands and throw you. Yeah, he's going to look soulfully down at the bottom first before he drops you, but he will do it. <laughs> the start um, of that game yeah. is a quick time event, or not even a quick time event, but you have to. There's a button press to throw Kasuya in a volcano. Yes. <laughs> um, but yeah, so arcade mode is uh, it's the original arcade version of Tekken Seven Fated Retribution. Uh, so you can you play that, uh, and there's that. There's the versus battle and treasure battle, and there's practice modes. So it's I pretty like much standard standard fare for a Tekken game these days. Yeah. Um, looks absolutely stunning. Plays well. Good Tekken games. Um, not much more to say about it except Tekken Ball. You, because you didn't play Tekken Ball. I, I don't know, think I it was out. I, I didn't buy the season pass. I've not got it. Ah, Tekken Ball is back. So I think was it back in Tekken Tag Two? I don't know. Maybe Tekken it, Tag Two had it, a lot of weird shit in it. Yeah, um, but Tekken Ball was in the original Tekken Tag game. Yeah, it was a a, a mod. I think you had to win so many fights and then it got unlocked. Uh, this is part of the DLC. And it's cool. It's they've not changed it too much. Um, aesthetically, is that probably a, it's probably the only changes they've made to it? So you know, new roster of characters, uh, but the rules and how you play the game haven't changed. Uh, good fun. Uh, it's <laughs> it's weird that one of the things I was most excited about a fighting game was a ten pin bowling mode on it. Is that kind of serious? Yeah, um, so it's... back to the weird mini-games. Yes, yeah, um, because there was Tekken Force back in the day as well, which was, that was from Tekken 3, I think it started with. Volleyball one from Tekken 2. Yeah. Uh, was it Tekken, oh no, wait, no, it was Mortal Kombat, I was thinking of, that had the kart racer on it. Uh... Combat Annihilation had a kart racer on it. Oh, wow. No, I've never seen that. <laughs> it wasn't good, as it turns out. <laughs> but yeah, for a while, there was like, if you were making a fighting game, then you were adding mini games to it, and then eventually right. it got too expensive, and people stopped buying fighting games, so they're like, yes. let's not do this anymore. Um, but 
Yeah, the in terms of the deluxe mode, so it comes with uh, two extra playable characters. I don't know who they are because um, everyone's obviously unlocked. Yeah. You and then you get the DLC. So the DLC, uh, the first pack was Tekken Ball, um, and they've just released the second one because there's a big banner up here as I've got it on screen. Uh, Geese Howard has now joined yes. the roster. Geese Howard uh, from Fury. Oh, right, right. I'm with you. King of Fires. Geese. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Possible. Um, yeah. So, uh, <laughs> so that uh, that's quite good. Um, things he counters things, and when he does, he yells, "Predictable!" <laughs> Every time. <laughs> so good. Um, yeah. So he's the the new character that's been added. Uh, the only DLC that wasn't uh, part of the 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 packs was, I think it was Kazumi herself. No, Eliza. Eliza was the new character that uh, I had to buy separately. It was three ninety nine for the character. Yeah. I thought that was reasonable. So yeah. Uh, um, have you seen the next character they've announced? I, no, I haven't, actually. Next DLC character is going to be Noctis from Final Fantasy XV. <laughs> really? What? <laughs> yeah. What? I don't... I don't even. That's... Okay. He looks like he plays like a Soul Calibur character, which makes me sad because it means we're probably not getting a new Soul Calibur game anytime soon. Yeah. Because if we want were... want Soul Calibur more than I want Tekken. So do I. Like... So do I, Paul. <laughs> uh, um, maybe he'll be the closest thing we get to a Soul Calibur game. <laughs> some of the, yeah, some of the new characters like uh, Lucky Chloe and stuff like that are just absolutely nuts. Some of them are about nuts, yeah. Um, yeah um, I but I, I'm really enjoying it. I think it's really good. It's yeah. Uh, it's fun have you have you played much more of it? Not a massive amount more. Uh, I've been play- picking up every now and again just to try and get a little bit better at it, but I'm really bad at Tekken. <laughs> like, <laughs> most fighting games, like, I can... You know, if I'm playing someone that actually knows how to play fighting games, I'll lose. But if I'm playing someone that's kind of okay at fighting games but not great, then I can sometimes hold my own. I'll usually find, like, a character that I can hold my own with. Not Tekken. Right. Like, I just, I can't... I can't do Tekken. I keep trying, but... <sighs> yeah. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. Um, so, enjoying that so far. I'll probably put a bit more time into it as well. It's something you can dip in and out of. So that's quite cool. But, Kieran, how is Sonic Forces? It's not great. <laughs> um... Right. It's... I played the first mission of it, and I will agree with that. Um, it's it's really weird. It's a Sonic game that you play as Sonic for a very tiny portion of. Um, so it's on paper, it should be decent because they're like, hey, this is it's kind of like a follow up to Sonic Generations. You know, it does the same thing. It's got the same three D Sonic stuff. It's got the same two D Sonic stuff. They added in a create a character thing that plays kind of similar to the 3D Sonic stuff. 
Uh-huh. And so it's like, that sounds alright. I like Sonic Generations. They added a big story to it, which is bad. Um, but, you know, all your favourite characters show up. Like, you know, Knuckles, and Rouge, Silver, and uh, uh, Espio. Right. I like Espio. Espio is a, a ninja. He's a, a, a chameleon. There's vector, okay. vectors or crocodile. Um, I whatever. I actually kind of appreciated all those old characters coming back. It was really silly, but um, right. The game itself, it just doesn't play super well. Like it's it's okay. It's not like bad. It's just not. The the physics seem a bit off compared to generations and colors, which like I've talked on this podcast many times about how much I love Sonic Colors and yes. like Sonic Generations. And those games felt good. Like the three D portions of it were largely like pretty much on rails things where you're, you know, attacking enemies, timing button presses to jump and dodge things. It was kind of like the prototype for what became games like Temple Run and things like that. Um, but it was fun. And in this one, they've taken out most of the actual interaction of it. So instead of like timing attacks to hard enemies and stuff like that, you can't just hold the boost button and blast through. Like They'll just put like 30 enemies in front of you and then you just blast through all of them. And it's not great. Um, the physics feel off to the point where in the 2D Sonic stuff in particular like what is one of the most iconic things in Sonic running real fast and then going round one of those little loop-de-loops right yep uh, if you're not if you hit one of those loop-de-loops at speed but don't actually hold the button like hold the, the analog stick to the side in most of the games if you've got speed then your momentum keeps you going and you go around the loop-de-loop because that makes sense because that's physics in this one, right. you stop and you just fall off. And it's like, how did how did you not get the basics of Sonic physics right? Like, it's just weird. Um, the creator character stuff's actually pretty decent. Like, there's you unlock a shit ton of like, costume items that you can put on your character. You get to choose just a really basic, like, what type of animal are they? Are they, a, I think it's like a a bird, a cat, a hedgehog, and uh, a bear, I think. Um, they all look pretty generic, but you can like add costumes to them. And if you buy the digital version, you get a Persona Five costume because Sega owns Atlas. You get a Puyo Puyo hat, which is what my character's wearing. You get a Nights into Dreams outfit. You get a uh, what other one do you get? Oh fuck, there's another one that's quite good. I'm blanking on it. But you, you get a bunch of outfits that are pretty decent. Um, but then the levels you play as that character is kind of similar to 3D Sonic stuff, but also you have a gun. So you hold down the gun button to kill things. Like, there's nothing more to the gun than that. It's literally just you hold down the button and things die. Um, you don't even need to really aim. It just will kill things. Right. It's... It's super basic. It's fine, you know. Is that a thing where I wouldn't say it's like a bad game? It's just a, it's just a mediocre one. It's nothing special. It's not, you know. And it, 
if this had came out in a vacuum, it would probably be considered like a pretty okay Sonic game, all things considered. But the fact that it came out after Sonic Colors and Sonic Generations, and more recently after Sonic Mania, which is just a genuinely great game, you know, it's uh-huh. it's uh, probably a poor choice from Sega. Um, so yeah, I don't necessarily recommend that people go out and buy Sonic Forces, even if you're like me and you're actually quite like you know the 3D Sonic games that have came out recently, like the the main ones, not like spin-offs like uh, Sonic Boom and what was the 3D one they did in the Wii U? Uh, it was Lost World. Yeah, pass. I'm not 100 percent sure. That one was okay, but it was it was just weird. But like the main ones, like Sonic Generation, Sonic Colors, and this are basically the same style of game. And this is just not a great one, unfortunately. Right. Which is a bummer. But hey, it happens. I've been playing it on the Switch, which is... It runs fine. It looks fine. Yeah. Um, cool. Yeah, speaking of games that aren't great, tell me about Star Wars Battlefront 2. <laughs> well, uh, we got a copy of Battlefront 2 for review. Mm-hmm. So uh, I have the... Which is what I have. Um... And I must tell you that uh, it is one of the best-looking things I've seen in a long time. I mean, it's a dice game. Of course it is. I bet it sounds <laughs> really good as well. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, it's, yeah. Uh, Once you unlock they... the good blaster sounds, which you have oh, yeah. a 20% chance and drop of getting uh, if you pay four ninety nine. Yeah. So, <laughs> right. Let's get. Yeah, I'm, I'm. I'm debating how to attack this. Uh, the game looks absolutely fantastic. The gameplay. Uh, so the the modes that you have available to you, there is the obviously there's this this new story mode that they've created. Yeah. Um, and then apart from that, then there's the online mode which is fine. There's the, uh, what they call arcade mode, which is a, it's a smaller, uh, smaller versions of the maps that you're playing online and you're doing certain things. So, uh, for example, the first one that you do is you're on Yavin and uh, if you, you can either play, there's, uh, I think, eight, eight scenarios, light side, eight scenarios, dark side. The first one, the light side, is you're on Yavin 4 and uh, they just send wave of enemies at you from various angles, okay. and you need to take them out. And uh, you can do, you know, one star, two star, three star. It just gets uh, more difficult. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's a lot of content. The uh, story mode is quite a bit of decent content as well. And then you've got the the online stuff where you can do the galactic assault, which is the big... Um, you know, 24 versus 24 uh, matches. There's the Starfighter Assault, which is the space battles. Um, and the gameplay is as fun as hell. Um, it's hasn't changed. If it has changed from the first Battlefront, is it's got better. Um, just a lot more fun. But there is one problem. Mm-hmm. And it's the, it's these loot crates. 
You're looking... This... I would have no problem sitting down and arguing with you at the end of the year that this is in contention for Glitch Free Gaming's, you know, second spot for Game of the Year. Mm -hmm. If those boxes didn't exist. So... um, if anyone's a bit lost and they don't know what's happening, um, one of the main things that drives Star, Star Wars Battlefront 2 are these uh, star cards. So they had the card system in the first one, yeah. but what happens now is uh, for you to you get a character class, you pick a character class, and they are bog standard when you get them. Uh, so you get a trooper, and he's got a blaster, that's it. If you want to give him the, you know, the little things like the, the, in the first one it was the jet packs, but if you want to give him the shields and, uh, iron, an iron cannon or you want to give him a grenade, you need the star cards. How you get the star cards is you can either craft them or you can buy them from loot boxes. Loot boxes use money. So, uh, and at one point you were able to spend real real life money to buy these loot boxes. But the problem with the loot boxes is that you are not guaranteed to get what you want or need with uh, buying these boxes. Um, so it was essentially gambling. Um, players kicked off because it's a £70 game as it is, uh, and you are now being nickel and dimed. On top of that, um, Disney hit out, said, no, they're not happy with it because essentially it's gambling and you're not going to use our cash cow, our baby. <laughs> Only we milk Star Wars. Exactly. Yes. Yeah, that's essentially it. So they, it's been pulled. But the problem is that the game has, you know, this system has been built into the game mm-hmm. um, and it would be fine. But. You can't, you know how difficult it is to earn money in this game. So if you remember, Kieran, in the first one in, in Star Wars, you would earn, I think it was probably equal amount money and equal amount experience points. Uh, I think so. I, don't I, know, think... I found the progression very slow in the first game as well. Right. The, it, this is a complete fucking standstill. It is... Um, you don't earn a lot of money at all. Um if you want, um, if you want a thousand credits, now bear in mind it to get the, you need, uh, one of the loot boxes, you need what they call the trooper one, which gives you the improvements for your, your, your characters, the character classes. They cost 4,000 credits at a time. You want to earn a thousand credits? Kill a thousand people. Hmm. Yeah, that's fucking mental. Um, the people are rubber banding. <laughs> they're, they're buying this game and they're rubber banding so they can afford the credit, so they can get the credit, so they yeah, can afford the loot the boxes. Yeah, that's as well. Like, Battlefront 1 <coughs> gave out experience and, loot, uh, experience and cards and stuff like that based on your input on a match. So, like, based yes. on your score, based on your assists, etc., etc. Yep. And this one is entirely based on time spent playing the game in a match. And so, yeah, yes. people are joining matches and idling because they can get the same amount of loot boxes that way and progress. 
yeah this is it's crazy um it's and it's a pity because there are so many decent things and there's things that the game does that i i quite like um I've only played probably about four or five hours now, um, just sampling all the different bits. And, yeah, I'm going to have to put in, you know, ten times that to be able to afford three shitty boxes. Um, well, you can just pay money. Well, yeah, but they've, they've done away with that. Yeah, yeah. The, yeah, um, it's not, it's not cool. They've, They've taken one of the best games of the year and they've fucked it up with a shitty, stupid fucking idea. Um, in, you know, I, I suppose I can understand what's happened. There's been some bright spark at EA has went, oh, you know, Ultimate Team made us, was it something like 800 million between FIFA and Madden? They made a lot of money. It was, it's, uh, Ultimate Team makes a crap load of money. Yeah, Luke, Luke but it, in general makes a shit of money. Like, yeah, Overwatch is one of the highest grossing games because you know loot crates. Yeah, um, but I can understand. Yeah, I can understand spending you know shit loads of money in FIFA because at the end of the day, I'm I can get you know Pele on my team and I can get David Beckham on my team and I can buy all, and I can make all these different teams and I can play the game with a, a kick-ass team if you know if you're into football that's cool yeah i i can get behind that and yeah. i could i could probably give money no problem at all but what are you paying money for here you're paying money for the chance of getting a thermal detonator right and if you don't get the thermal detonator you get 200 credits but it costs you four thousand fucking credits to get the two hundred credits. It's it's mental. Yeah. Um, the the weapons. Uh, so uh, you used to be able to buy all the weapons as well. This was the other thing. This time you, the weapons are locked until you take until you achieve certain things, and it's like um, killed three hundred. 300 people to be able to get the next weapon um so i'm just looking for the my collection um here and the character that i use so use the heavy and to get the next weapon from there i need to complete i need to get 50 kills to unlock the next weapon the next one after that 200 kills 500 kills but it's 500 kills in that class yeah. and only using the weapon. I can't throw a grenade and take out three people. Oh, that's crazy. Yeah. Um, they've taken a fantastic game and they've nerfed it. Yeah. And then there's also like you have to pay for, you have to unlock heroes. Uh, yes, you have to unlock heroes. So the heroes are unlocked once you unlock um, the card slots. So you only start the game with one card slot. Uh, how you unlock card slots is by... I don't know, actually. <laughs> I it's it, Some of it and how you unlock things is a little bit convoluted. Um, yeah, it's just layer upon layer of stuff that... Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and then... I, the thing they did before release as well was 
they were like, oh, people are complaining that, you know, it costs it was like 10,000 credits to unlock, you know, Luke Skywalker or whatever. So they reduced the price of it by 75%. But then they also reduced the amount of credits you earn by 75%. Yeah. And it's like, that's not a solution. It's, it, it's mad. It, yeah. Just, yeah. It's, it's frustrating as well because... Like I said, the game looks absolutely stunning, um, and I have had fun playing it. Uh, and it, you know, when you're playing with uh, people that are on the same level as you, that's fine. Yeah. But you know, the it, it, the game's been out for a little while, so uh, if I play at a certain time of day, you you're gonna get hammered. Because people are you know, better at you. Like, it's not, you're not unlocking guns that are just different. You're unlocking guns that are better. Yes. Yeah. It, it, it is pay to win. This is proper pay to win. Make no bones about it. Yeah. Um, just temporarily taking the pay bit out. Yes. So it's more yeah. grind to win. Yeah. Um, but saying that the, the single player is uh, the story mode is quite good. That's good. Uh, okay. The the little bit uh, that I've played of it, um, unfortunately, right now I don't know if I can recommend it. I yeah. would would I have bought this? No, definitely not. I think we said that when we were going through the new releases last time we recorded. Mm-hmm. I would I I wouldn't pay for this at the moment. I'd either wait for the price to come down, um, because. I, at that point, I didn't know how much more single-player content there was, um, so that would change my opinion slightly. But it's not a, it, the, the the asking price is still not enough for just to play the single-player mode. Yeah, because playing the multiplayer mode can be frustrating. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, let's. I'm hoping they fix it because it's going to be a shame if they don't. Yeah, uh, definitely. I feel, so. I feel like the the reason, their reasoning at least as to why they have just taken the payout and not the full system, is that they say it's a balancing issue, not a, you know, the whole thing is broken issue. So their claim at least is that they're gonna try and change the game so that it's balanced in a way that the you don't ever really feel like you need to pay for stuff to progress, but. It seems like right now, the way it is right now, mm-hmm. the balance is a way that you feel like you need to pay money to progress. All they've done is take out the ability to pay money to progress. Yeah. The, uh, see if... See if they'd unlocked all the card slots straight yeah. away. I don't think people would be complaining as much. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think you if know, they unlo- just went with cosmetic stuff, we wouldn't be even talking about this. Yeah. Although there was a news story uh, just the other day where EA claimed that Disney said they weren't allowed to do cosmetic stuff because Disney have apparently now gotten really protective about the canon of Star Wars. Right. So they're like, you can't put in cosmetics for like a pink Darth Vader. And it's like, why not? People would fucking love that. <laughs> why do you not? Why Hell you yes. Yeah, I would um, happily pay money. I would sink a bunch of money into loot boxes to try and unlock like a pink Darth Vader <laughs> or, you know, yeah, um, naked Luke. 
<laughs> I think that one's a bit much. <laughs> um, yeah, I I was reading um, that the shares uh, the shares in EA have taken a bit of a pummeling because of this as well. Yeah. I mean, like this is going to the point where there are multiple governments that are looking into it to see whether it counts as gambling or not. Yeah. Like, it has gotten that yeah. much, you know, traction. Which, yeah. I don't really agree with the whole classifying it as gambling thing. Because I think if you start classifying that as gambling, you start classifying things like, you know, little capsule machines that you get toys out of as gambling. Yeah, you, you yeah. You need to consider Kinder Eggs gambling. Yes, maybe, yeah. Uh, uh... yeah we well, to... not particularly, though, with the Kinder Eggs, because those have got chocolate on them, so you're actually getting something else there. It's not gambling. Yeah, no, but you're getting it for the toy, let's be honest. Yeah. Um... <laughs> Who's getting a Kinder Eggs for the toy? The chocolate's delicious. Well, actually, yeah, it's true. You can buy the bars now, so that's not... That's not <laughs> anymore. Yeah, maybe back yeah. when we were kids, Paul, that's a decent excuse, but... Um... <laughs> yeah. But... Don't take away the Kinder Eggs. <laughs> yeah, um... And in America, yeah, and... beat them. Banned here for gambling. <laughs> Sales of the game has plummeted. It's it's not even in on anyone's top, you know, yeah, top not... twenty, top thirty lists. It's not doing great. Yeah, um, and that is a shame. It'd be interesting to see if they turn around. Like this is a thing they can turn around. Like, yes, games don't launch sales for games don't matter anymore. Um, no. Which is weird because we were saying the exact opposite like a few years ago because that was why all every developer, every publisher was you know diving deep into pre-order culture and going oh here's fifty pre-order things you get if you pre-order now just because we want to get your money up front blah 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 that doesn't yeah. matter anymore it doesn't work anymore no um the thing because we have games like Rainbow Six Siege that didn't sell well launch and then they turned it around and it sold way more after launch and a bunch of games I, are like that now games are selling more over time yeah Dri- drive club yeah drive club is a yeah. good example of that although not a great example because the public this yeah they shut the shut studio down, down so yeah. um maybe not but they fixed it and stuff um yes yeah but this is a thing where if they manage to rebalance this in a way that it feels less gross or replace the systems entirely then the game won't gain traction again instantly, but when the first DLC hits, they could totally win people back. When they go, yes, hey, yeah. we added... I don't know what their DLC plans, I don't know if they've announced. They said they're going to maps and stuff and it's going to be free. So if they go, hey, we just added our The Last Jedi maps you know, around Christmas this year and also we fixed the game. That would... Mm-hmm. Tons of people pick this game up for Christmas. Yeah. So... I'd probably pick it for Christmas. I, I'm hoping I'm hoping they fix it. Yeah, I think they so, will. Yeah, um, yeah. So, uh, spoiler for the review. When I do the review, I think it is, you know, it will get praise for its the gameplay, um, looks, sound, atmosphere, blah blah blah. It's that business model. Yeah, that's that's the only problem. It's the business model. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, and that's a shame. But moving on, Kieran, I, I think last video game we've got to talk about is a uh, Puzzle Fighter. Yes. So um, this came out, I think, a little bit ago um, on iPhone, and I think also on Android. Right. Uh, 
got to Google that while I talk. Um, but yeah, Capcom made a new Puzzle Fighter game uh, for mobile. And it's incredibly ugly. Like, it's the character models <laughs> in it are horrific. Like, we think of Puzzle Fighter and think of how beautiful those sprites were back in the day. Like, how yes. nice, like remember that HD version of Puzzle Fighter they did for the PS3? Yeah. How yep. nice those sprites looked. And then they've done 3D models for this, and the art style is. Oh, it's something. Um. <laughs> It's it's not great. Um, I'm gonna people that are listening to the podcast won't be able to see this, but I'm sending some stuff to you guys in the Facebook chat that will show you how these game, this game looks. And, right. Um, it's rough, uh, but the game itself is really good. It's the puzzle fighter that you know and love. So every character has like you know two. Oh, or three. that's horrible. <laughs> it's really yeah, that's right? not great at all. <laughs> Hagar looks alright, but like Jill Valentine. <laughs> It's horrific. <laughs> Frank West <laughs> looks nothing like Frank West. You know, it's a terrible art style they've went for. And it's a shame. That's meant to be Frank West. Yeah. The background uh, is really nice. Yeah, who's the guy in the blue in the blue suit with the helmet? That's Mega Man. Yeah, that is not Mega Man, it's I Mega can Man promise X. you. <laughs> um, yeah, it's, it's an ugly game. Um, but it plays good. Angry so guy the, with a bike helmet. Each of the characters have um, they have uh, three different abilities, or they they start with two, and you can unlock more. So this also has loot boxes, but it's a free to play game, so that's fine. Um, basically, they have different abilities that you use to do damage to your opponent by playing a, a match. Well, I was gonna say match three, but it's not really match three. Just a, a puzzle game where gems drop down. And then uh, circular explosive gems drop down, and if you match an explosive gem color to, you know, a regular colored one, then it'll set off a chain, and any connected ones of that color will explode, and it'll do damage to your opponent. And then you can do special attacks by uh, merging gems into bigger gems. So if you put, for example, four yellow gems in a square, they'll merge together to become one big yellow square. And if you destroy that, that'll do an attack. Um, I mean, anything does an attack, but it'll do like a special attack. Like a fighting game attack, a named thing. Um, that's basically like you're just trying to defeat your opponents. And it's neat. So the way that the kind of microtransaction stuff works is you. Everything you want to match, it's all online, is our thing. Um, there's a mission mode that's like AI things, but you can only do three of them a day. Which is a weird way of doing it, but whatever. It's free to play. Alright. Um, but the way the microtransaction stuff works is um, every time you win a match, uh, you get a free spin of the sushi table thing that has like a bunch of little sushi boats that have unlocks on them, basically. And the unlocks you get are cards that either give you new characters, new costumes for a character, or you'll get skill cards for that character, which are their attacks. And you can spend skill cards for attacks that you already have to level them up and make them stronger. Okay. And then you can also unlock more characters. When you play through the game enough that you level up, because you just get experience for winning matches, basically. Um, when you level up a few times, you will get two more slots for characters. So basically, it 
turned it into kind of a you know like a Marvel vs. Capcom style tag game uh, but you're not actually tagging characters in and out so you have your main character who is the one that will be fighting and then you have two other guys that will be support characters that when you do an attack so for example if I do an attack that is a 2x3 kind of rectangle then it will activate Hagar's 2x3 rectangle attack but also I have Frank West there so it will use his at the same time as well so you do more damage and you can level up all those characters independently and it's just a neat little thing um, I've been enjoying it so far it's just it's I've always liked Puzzle Fighter and it's a pretty cool. decent one it's not as good as the old one but the free to play stuff's not you know mind blowingly bad or anything um, the character unlocks are weird so a bunch of them are all of them come in like these kind of random loot boxy things so you can either pay money to get you know these loot boxes or you can you know you get free ones for winning matches um, you can get a certain amount per day but then you can also spend one of the currencies there's like two different currencies because again it's a free play game um, which you also get from winning matches to refresh that and go okay well I get another six spins of it today um, but also a bunch of the characters don't unlock until you progress in like the the tiers when you're playing mm -hmm. so as you play you'll like rank up and you'll go into the bronze league and you'll be able to play against bronze people and if you level up into the silver league then you play against people in the silver league and it also adds more mechanics as you upgrade which is interesting so right now I am I think I'm still a rookie yeah I'm a rookie so I'm not even in the bronze league yet because I'm terrible <laughs> um, but yeah, you you level up as you win matches, and you go into the bronze league. You go to super bronze, ultra bronze, then silver, uh, which is weird because I've played against people in the silver league. So I don't know if maybe there's just not a lot of people playing. It's entirely <laughs> possible. Um, but yeah, like as you level up, it, it, they roll more stuff in, and you play more of it. Um, and it's 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 weird because again, all these backgrounds are really pretty. And the animations are really nice. So, like, when you do an attack, everyone has, like, a unique animation for their attack, which is great. It's really nice looking. But the characters are so ugly. They're just so horrific. <sighs> I think you could do friend matches as well. So, we should. I don't know. If you guys are interested in it, we should really try that at some point. Yeah. But... Uh, well, I yeah, have. No, I... I've just I downloaded it as you've uh, been talking about it, so it's worth playing. I would, if but can, I'm if you can pass the the art style. Um, maybe at some point they'll read it. But yeah, it, it's sure. fun. I'm enjoying it. Excellent. Uh, yeah, uh, I'm looking forward to having a wee go of that. So. Mm -hmm. oh. Cool. I'm probably not going to download it because I'm too busy with Animal Crossing. That's reasonable. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, alright, fair enough. <laughs> cool. I I think that's it for video games. Uh, has anyone forgotten anything? or? No, not at all. Uh, cool. No. Uh, so, we've got a few uh a few board games to speak about. Uh, I played a... Uh, I 
we had a board game day um, when we played Hidden Agenda, and we played two games, uh, and they were both Kickstarters as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, the first one was Monica's. So Monica's is a card game. It's a uh, another card game. Uh, it's a uh, Cards Against Humanity beta. It sits, in my opinion, it sits alongside Fun Employed and Billionaire Banshee. Oh, nice. That's high praise. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. So the way that it's played, it's a bit, it, it's a creative or, or a common, is it Creative Commons or Common License or yeah. based on a game called, yeah, Creative Commons on a game called Celebrity. Hmm. So the the cards that, that, um, that you get inside the box all have... Uh, there may be a celebrity on there. There may be, let's say, Paul Rubens, the guy that played P.B. Herman. Uh, another one of the cards may be John Wayne Gacy. Uh, John Wayne Gacy Jr., sorry. Uh, there may be Inigo Montoya, the, uh, the toy from the 90s, a Furby. Uh, there may be a furry. And there may be Michael Jackson. Uh, and what happens is uh, it's played in teams and so you have a set of 40 cards um, and these 40 cards you've decided amongst yourselves what the 40 are going to be and the way you've done that is a little bit of a draft, everyone gets uh, dealt 10 cards and they pick 5 that they want to keep or uh, depending on how many people, you, you may be given 20 and you have to pick 10 or you know, you're given 10 and you pick 5 uh, and then you form this deck of cards, and this is the deck of cards you're going to play the game with. And the way that it goes in, t- uh, in turns, uh, each team is going to get one minute. So one person has the cards, and he has one minute to go through the cards, and he can describe the card in any way. So for Michael Jackson, he can say... Uh, he was uh, an American singer. He sang Beat It. But what he couldn't say is he was part of the Jackson 5 because Jackson's in the name. Okay. Um, so, yeah, you can do that. Um, uh, John Wayne Gacy Jr., a famous serial killer dressed up as a clown, holds number, the world record for, uh, isn't the most number of kills? Or Yeah, but and then somebody, oh, John Wayne, yeah, got it. Next, and you move on. Um if you don't get it, then it gets shuffled back into the, the pack at the end of your turn. You've only got a minute to do this. Then after a minute, it goes to the other team and they get to do the same thing. Um, and you do, you do this going backwards and forwards between the teams so that everyone gets a chance to be the guesser and everyone gets a chance to be you know the reader and reading the cards. It goes backwards and forwards till you run out of the 40 cards. Then you, you can't... You count up the score if you want to keep score. Count up the score. Then shuffle all the cards back in again, the exact same deck, and you do round two. Round two is played where you can only describe the cards using one word and one word only. Mm-hmm. You can't do any actions. You can't do any facial expressions. It's just the one word. Now, you can do a funny accent on the, the word, so you can say it in a funny way, and you can say it as many times as you like but that's all you can say is that one word. Okay. Now, 
if you know uh, when we've been playing and John Wayne Gacy Jr. comes up, you would say clown. Mm-hmm. Um, but what would you say for furry? Exactly. (laughs) But um, maybe somewhere along the line, someone was describing them going, sick people that go to conventions dressed as rabbits. And you you would go, sickle. You know, or... Because basically, when you've been describing the... Yeah, well, yeah. So, but when you've been doing this, you're making up your own kind of in-jokes as you're going along. And you start referencing them pretty quickly. Um, so that's the second round. You you do that. There's a third round to the game. And the third round is played with charades. And it is absolutely hilarious. We were rolling about the floor um, just in stitches of laughter. Because, again, you start doing the charades. And it's, sometimes it's not based on, you know... Uh, if somebody had made a, a mean joke about Michael Jackson, for example, you could, when you're doing the charades round, you could do a moonwalk and people might get it, but you may have made some sick joke or you may have made some kind of joke. But and Jackson, some, pe- I don't think that's possible. <laughs> um, and somebody might end up doing the the charades to that part of it. Yeah. And it is, it's it just absolutely. Brilliant. Um, so I, I love the, the ca- same. I think between rounds, it's the same cards that go through it. Yes, it's so the same you, cards. So you know, after the first round where you have more detail explaining what the cards are, you have yeah. more. You have the knowledge at least that you know Michael Jackson will be one of the things that comes up. Is this yes. charade Michael Jackson? Yes. Okay. Yeah. That's pretty neat. Yeah. So you, you know, you know more or less that Michael Jackson is going to come up at one point. Um, yeah. Yeah. I love the tag. I I love the tagline to the game is it's a dumb a dumb party game that respects your intelligence, and it, it that that is it. It's so much better than Cards Against Humanity because it's not just shouting obscenities. You know, um, a lot of the cards are based on internet memes. So there's a, uh, there was one that uh, you made a, a reference to this earlier, and up until last week, I had no idea. But there's a card there, and it's uh, it's Lil Bub. <laughs> I did not know that Lil Bub is an internet cat, right? The four of us playing, there was only one person that knew that Lil Bub was an internet cat and that was my wife, the fucking cat lady. <laughs> right? So she'd picked she'd picked the card and shuffled it in because um you know Anne follows all the all the internet cats and stuff like that. All of them. But there's a lot well, of internet cats. That's a bold claim, Mike. Have you met her? That's true actually, yeah. If anyone does <laughs> Yes. So um yeah it's just silly it's um complete mental yeah she uh, she was the only one that, that knew that that one but we all did by the end um yeah uh, it is a lot of fun we had uh, a blast playing with, with uh four people um 
I think with more, it would just get more manic because, you know, when we were playing it, there was one person doing the reading the card and only one person guessing. And that's quite easy. If I, you know, if I'm doing it and I'm going through the cards, I know which ones you're likely to get, Kieran, you know, because we know each other. Um, But if, you know, if we're playing and you, you're on a team with Anne and somebody else, well, how do you describe that now? Who do you focus on? And I think it would just get absolutely crazy. It would just be more fun. So. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I backed it on Kickstarter and, well, it was the Shut Up and Down uh, expansion that was on Kickstarter and then you were able to buy the main game and, yeah, and you could add on other expansions. I ended up just buying the whole lot. Is the Um, Shut Up and Down expansion out then? Is that all all shipped together or did it ship the base game? Yes. uh, No, the the whole thing shipped together. So I got the main game plus the three all three of the expansions right. I didn't realise that yeah that's cool yeah I thought they just um, shipped like part of the rewards first like some of those kickstarters did. no well the cards were already everything was done um, what all they were waiting for was you know um, they, they placed the order yeah printing that was it that was the final thing that had to be done was the printing a lot of kickstarters are like that for board yeah cards, yeah so, um, yeah, definitely uh, good and looking forward to playing it with you guys as well when we get a board game day. Yeah, definitely. Which we need to do soon. Yeah. 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 Cool. Yeah, yes, we um, do. I played another game. Um, I, just looking at it, I see it on the list. It's a game called Hot Shots. It's a cooperative game. Um, I've only played it once. It is quite difficult and a. I should have actually just kept my mouth shut and not mentioned it. Um, <laughs> it's uh, it's basically it's pandemic on crack. It is one of the most difficult things I've played in a while. I still need to play it a couple of more times as well. But if anyone has seen it kicking about, um, it is good. Um, have a look. There's not many video reviews. I think the Dice Tower have just put one out, but it is worth a punt. I will say that much. Uh, if you can get it at a decent price, go for it. That'd be quite good. Next, I played one of the the biggest games. It was one of the games we had as our uh, most anticipated from last year. That is Gloomhaven. Yes. I so my copy it. arrived. Um, it is. I've never seen a box as big as this mm-hmm. now for a board game. It is nuts. Uh, is it the, bigger than your um, Megs vs. Minions? Yeah. Yes. Fuck, that's big boxes. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's um, it's not lengthwise, but the depth, it's... Yeah. It, I think it's just... I think it's heavier. Megs vs. Minions, I think, was about 7-odd kilograms. This is 10. <sighs> There's going to be a point, Mike, where you just do in your back because you're buying all these heavy board games. <laughs> like... <laughs> That's how you're going to know that you've reached like old age will be the day that you're like, I feel like playing that Gloomhaven game that I got years ago and then you pick it up and your back goes and you're like, no, I'm too old for more games now. (laughs) I 
I'll just play, I'll play the Switch instead. Yeah, um, it's, it's like how everyone that plays video games will eventually reach the point where they have carpal tunnel and they're like, I can't play video yeah. games anymore. For board games, it's when you can't lift the box anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I think so. Uh, but, yes, yeah, so Gloomhaven is a dungeon crawl. Um, but it is a dungeon crawler with a difference because it has legacy elements. Oh, nice. So, um, the whole thing, it starts off, uh, you've got this map. And in the middle of the map is the city of Gloomhaven. Uh, and you start by creating a character. There are six characters that you can create. And as you open the box and you find you know, you've got everything in there. You've got six different characters. There is the Brute, there's a Spellweaver, there's a Mind Thief, Cragheart, Tinkerer, and I'm missing something else. But, yeah, that's the, the six classes. And the only information that you have about them are those names that I've given you. Okay. They're... Um, they, they have character sheets and there's a miniature for each character. They're all in sealed boxes. Oh, when, once you, yeah, once you open them up, you learn what your character looks like and then you can go through, um, their cards to see what they do. Uh, basic gameplay is, it is a card game and so your character here has his abilities on a certain number of cards. So, for example, the, the Spellweaver ha, um, has... Uh, yeah, I can tell you how many cards they have. They have eight cards that they begin with, um, and you start the game with eight level one cards. And when you're doing an attack, what happens is you... Or at the beginning of a round, you pick two cards... And that is going to be your moves. Um, there is a initiative numbers on the cards. And so everyone picks their initiative uh, in secret. There are two cards. And the lowest okay. number, the, the lowest number becomes the initiative. And they get to go first. Uh, so you all flip your cards over and then you find out how the, the enemy, because the enemy's got cards as well. And it's like an AI system. So, you turn it over and you find out, okay, well, some of them may act before us. All right. And that's fine. But now you have these two cards, and each card has two actions, one on the top and one on the bottom. And on your turn, you'll play, you have to play both cards, but you can only play one top action and one bottom action. Um, and the the difference between them there isn't really much of a difference on one card the top action may be a strong attack and the the bottom action may be a a move um or it it could be various combinations um and what happens is when you play a card you're either going to discard it or you're going to lose it if you lose it then it's basically it's put into the lost pile and throughout the rest of the cat, the, the story, the, the adventure that you're on, you can't get that card back. There's only certain that there may be a way you can get it back depending on the class you're playing, but it's essentially it's gone. Um, if a card, if cards are in your discard pile, you can get them back by discarding 
one of the a random card from that pile and taking the rest back into your hand. There's another way where you can um, you can uh, give up a card rather than discarding. But it's the same thing. You have to lose one card to get the rest from your discard pile back into your hand. So it's about hand management as well. So you need to know yeah. what's happening on the map and you need to manage your hand. You need to, you, you know, you can't, if there's a enemy quite quite big, you can't run away from him because at one point you're going to run out of cards. The minute you run out of cards, you're incapacitated and you're out. And the rest of your team just carry on without you. Okay. Um, yeah. Um, so that's really the, the gameplay and how the dungeon crawl works. But there is so much more. Uh, the game starts, I told you about the town of Gloomhaven. The game starts in Gloomhaven. So you create okay. your character, you open up the boxes, and you find out who your character is. You name your character, you get 30 pieces of gold, and then you have to pick a quest. So we're, you know, everyone in in this town in Gloomhaven, and the four of us that are playing a game, the game plays up to four people. We're not there because we're all friends. You're there for one one reason or another. And how you figure out what that reason is, is there's quest cards, personal quest cards, and you get dealt two of them, and you read them, and you can have a look. And the quest cards may contain something like, um, your brother was killed, and you are now searching the, you know, you travel the land going from place to place, looking for his killers. And... So once you have, uh, let's say, once you have fought and killed 50 people, then it's assumed you found his killers, then your your quest is finished. You retire and you leave. That character leaves the game. They're gone. I like that the idea you... that he found the killers by killing 50 people and hoping that one of them was the right one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that, was, that was me fucking that up. But yeah, the... the the quest, because it wasn't my quest, the quest was that, yeah, he's, they killed his brother and he's looking for them. Mm-hmm. And I, it is something like once you've killed so many people and then you've got him, but yeah. So the character retires and they go, gone. Um, and you can then uh, open another sealed box. There's 16 playable different classes in this game. Six are unlocked in the beginning. There's another ten in sealed boxes. When you, a, recur, a character retires, then you get to open up a sealed box and see what that character is. And you can then um, create a new character with that class, or you can go back to any of the other open classes. Hmm. But yeah, so basically how you get new character classes in the game is by getting characters to retire. Because everyone... Yeah, everyone's on their own secret quest. Um, also, when you're in the town of Gloomhaven, before you do, before you go off on the adventure, um, there's uh, city events that happen. There's things that happen in the city. You pick up a card and you read it. Um, for example, you may there may be somebody that uh, offers you something for sale, and he says, "I'll sell you this for." Um, 12 pieces of gold and between the party if you want to pay the 12 pieces of gold that's fine 
and it says on the card, if you collectively pay the 12 pieces of gold, read section A or read section B. Mm-hmm. Now, section A, he may hand you a, he hands you a box and maybe inside the box is a piece of wet tissue paper. Um, or, you know, um, if you say, no, thanks, we don't want to buy anything, he gets really uppity and attacks you and does damage to you or, or something like that. But generally, city events will normally have favorable outcomes. So, you know, when you buy something from the guy, it may be a, a rare piece of um, equipment. Mm-hmm. And then, you, you know, somebody, you decide who gets it. Also, when you're in the city, that's when you can buy equipment. And um, the city of Gloomhaven is a bit like your characters. It grows as you grow. So when you play the game, you earn prosperity points for the city. And as the city grows in its prosperity level, there's more um, more valuable items that are able you're able to buy from the city shops. So it's a bit like a video game, you know, um, yeah. as you go from one, the starting village, you can only buy the the leather armor, but in the, the village, you know, just before the boss, you can buy the gold-plated armor. Yeah. Um, this is just the one village, but as the city grows and gets more people in it and more experience and things, there's more different items that you can buy and more powerful items that you can buy. So the city grows and levels up as you grow and level up. Uh, the other cool thing is that when you're playing the game, if, let's say, we, you know, Kieran, you're in our party and you're playing as the brute. and like But you, you know, we play every single night. You can only join us every second night. Mm-hmm. Um, your character, when you come back, if we've leveled up or the city is leveled up, you come back in on the same level as the city. That's good. I like that. So you're not just, yeah. so it's not a case of, hey, I showed up for one game and then you've played, you know, nine more since then and you guys are all high level and my dude's level one. Exactly. Yeah. Yes. That's I come, it. I come in and I'm like, you guys have leveled up, but the city's leveled up with you, so I'm that level. Yes, that's it. That's pretty neat. It, there's this catch up mechanic. Um, and the reason for that, because Legacy games we know, well, most legacy games have what twelve, thirteen episodes yeah. of thing things that you do. Gloomhaven has ninety six. That's quite a lot. What the hell? The guy, the guy that made this, uh, Isaac Childress, he's he's nuts. He is he's a machine. He he made ninety six adventures. Okay, not only that, but then he decided. What if I do solo adventures for each of the character classes? Right. And he made a, and he's got a book of an, another additional twenty scenarios. Okay, but not only that, <laughs> he uh, because of the Kickstarter campaign, he is going to make it's another full campaign with stories and everything, with the level pr- uh, progression and the characters can level up and they can buy goods, and he's doing. Is it another 20 adventures? Or The guy's crazy. He is. I think it's 96. It's 94 and 96. But the point is, I'm never going to get through all of those. Um, I, I want to. Uh, I've played... We've played through one one adventure, and it's absolutely fantastic. It, it's, it's D&D, or it's... Uh, 
you know, a video game RPG in a box. Is, is the best way I can do. The, the, the combat is, there is, um, the combat and the gameplay is quite simple. It's as simple as it can get. There's a lot of things to, um, you know, to manage. There's a lot of tokens so you can hit somebody and you can poison them, but, or you can incapacitate them or you can stun them. There's all these, uh, effects and things that you can do and there's little tokens for them and you put it all on. But, once we'd, uh, once we'd be, we'd played through that, our first playthrough took, let's say about four hours, and it should have only taken about two, but we're all learning the game and, and, you know, as we go on. And it said something to me that at the end of it, Anne, who is not, you know, Anne has not played Dungeons and Dragons, she's not a, a video gamer, by any stretch of the imagination. So RPGs are quite a foreign concept. So, and, yep. and, and running about going, okay, I'll move over there. I'm going to hit him with my thunderbolt arrow, which means I incapacitate him. It carries on chain like, and she's, you know, she had it because it made sense and it, fl- it, it flows. He has taken yeah. a very, very complicated thing and he has refined it down to a fine art. Um, and it works really well. Um, once you've, it, it's quite simple. You know, you look at it and it's very overwhelming. But once you explain it to people, they'll get it. Um, it sounds and cool. then, yeah, it is really cool. And there's just then there's the stuff. Yeah. Um, the the monsters are standees, so the cardboard standees. That's fine. The artwork on them is really nice. Um, there's over two hundred of them. Yeah, there's 200 bloody monsters in the game. Yeah. It's it's nuts. Um, so do you think that the individual quests are fun enough on their own that you could also not participate in this as a legacy game? Yes. That sounds good to me. So like, <clears throat> Pandemic Legacy, for example, is a very good game, but you kind of need to be there for all 12 months to really yes. get yeah. the value of it. Whereas it sounds yeah. like Gloomhaven, that partly also because of the leveling system on it, <clears throat> like, you know, I could jump in and play through a quest with you as a character yeah. and enjoy, and someone else can play as that character later. And it'll have leveled up, and it'll be fine, and they can use it. Yes, but yeah. if I can't come back for another one, then I'll have had fun with a game, and it's not I'm not losing something by not getting the full legacy experience from it. Yeah, but you may have had a hand in... Unlocking an area on the map. So see all the map. The map has got no stickers on. There's nothing on the map. And you unlock areas and there's stickers. And that's um, places you can go to and things you can go and see. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, for example, there may... You, you could have a copy of Gloomhaven and you could play it and and I could have it and play it as well and there may be certain sections that you would unlock that I would never ever see and it could be because there was a side quest hidden in a chest or there could have been a side quest that's unlocked by speaking you know on a city choice to speak to a certain character mm-hmm. and the only reason I never got it is because I never drew that card at the pile I, that's <laughs> 
it is absolutely crazy. It's just yeah. mind boggling the amount of work and everything that he's put into it. <laughs> yeah, so and it seems like just a crazy so amount of effort. I, the, I think the point that I'm trying to get to as well is that there is no way that he could tie all of those stories up and connect them all because, well, you know, if the read in the middle of it was one that I never got to because I didn't speak to somebody, the whole arc, overarching thing would never make sense. But, yeah, so there are some stories that have, um, I think, the first two stories or the first two adventures are connected. Mm-hmm. Um and then I think the the rest of them, you know, there may be one or two stories again that are connected, but not everything. There's no linear story. It's an open world RPG. Um, just because you and just because you unlock something on a map and you put a sticker on it doesn't mean you you have to go there. Mm-hmm. And there is also, I believe, there are times where you can unlock somewhere, get a sticker, put it on the map but you can't go there until you have a certain piece of equipment or you have um, the town has achievements as well. There's the certain achievements. So once you get um, once the you spend so much gold in the city, um, you get to open envelopes, there's sealed envelopes all over the place um, and they have very specific conditions. There is something called the town logbook, I think. Mm-hmm. And the only way, uh, town records, the only way you can open the sealed town records is by a uh, retiring a character. Uh, so it's, yeah, a, a crazy amount of effort. Yeah, it seems um, just like, I don't know, it's just, it seems like they somehow managed to make this like overlay, well not overlay, but this massively complex like connection of systems but the actual bit where you interact with it is simple yes yeah um and yeah it's because you're creating the character and once you level up there's there's other various things it's not just simple leveling up like um you know going from level one to level two there is at the beginning of each battle you draw a battle goal card now, your battle goal may be as simple as knock two enemies down or incapacitate one enemy. Mm-hmm. Um, once you get that, you get what a check mark, a tick. And because everyone has a character sheet, and the character sheet, um, there are, I think, six or seven different sets of um, three checks. For every check that you get, you can modify certain things. You can maybe add cards to your deck or take cards away from your deck. Um, there is just so much going on as well. Um, but it, it all makes sense and it flows. So, yeah, I can't, I, I can't believe how much I liked this game after that one playthrough. Um, and I cannot wait to get back into it mm-hmm. to see where my character goes and start fiddling and playing around with this character. So, yeah, if you do get a chance to pick it up, um, it will be a bit expensive now because it's going to retail. I think it's going to go, it's retailing at around about £150. Yeah, that's okay. Yeah, if you have the It's expensive, people... but it's a lot of game. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yes, yeah. Um, if you have people that you are going to play it with, I would say take the punt. If not, get over here and uh, 
you can join our party every once in a while. I think that's what's going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah. So that, for, To be clear, that's an open invite to everyone that listens to the podcast, right? Oh, yes, yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> Show up at Mike's and be like, how I play Gloomhaven. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just send us an email. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, so that was the the two games that we played. Uh, when we did the board game day um, and both cracking games as well so good I think that's us it has been a bumper of an episode to be fair yeah it has god we're just under three hours wow okay Um, yeah there's the the new release wise there's stuff coming out so don't worry about it there's things news (laughs) stuff happened buy them So no, no, not there isn't. Really um, big except for Xenoblade, which will be out by the time this podcast. Is out. Yes, yeah, uh, I think I. Yeah, I'm just having a look through. Nah, it's a, a lot of things coming out for the Switch are already out elsewhere. Yeah. Um, no, there isn't. No, there's not walking, too much. Walking Dead collection is coming out, which has the Walking Dead season one and two. Um, yeah, and they're redoing the graphics to make it. Prettier. Yeah, that's kind of. I didn't like those games that much. So. Uh but yes. So, I think that's it. Yeah. So, is there anything anyone wants to add? Um. Nope. No. So I want to play this Splendor expansion that I bought. Uh, me too. Because I like Splendor a lot. Me too. That's that's all I got. (laughs) Cool. Excellent. Uh, Well, in that case, uh, I think uh, the only thing I have to do is thank everyone for listening to our drivel. And um, we will see you. I think, are we going to do one more episode, one or two more episodes before Christmas? Yeah, we'll definitely try. Probably. Yeah. Yeah, we'll probably do one or two more and then it will be Christmas and then I think game of the year. Yes. Yeah. So looking forward to that will be good. So until then, be good and buy all the games. Be Kieran and Mike and buy all the games. Don't play them and don't be like Paul and play the games. Yeah, don't play games. Games are bad. Yeah, they're gambling. Yeah, my, my yeah. yeah. <laughs> my um my assertion of you know buy one game at a time and finish it. Apparently that doesn't go down well. Nah, fuck that. Nah, it's rubbish. Buy near automata. Buy everything. Bye. Bye. Everything. <laughs> <laughs>